You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, boys and girls, to episode 216 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. Taylor Taylor over here! <laughs> Uh, we're back with a brand new episode for your for your ass. So new, it's gonna be so new. You're gonna be like, oh my god, it's oh, so it's new, so fresh. <laughs> I can't believe how new it is. New me, new me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, how's it going, Taylor? Not so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's new with you? Uh, my glasses. Those, those are new. I got new glasses. They're cool because they got magnetic sunglasses that go over the top. Are those the ones I see like on like Instagram and Facebook all the time? Uh, they're not Pear. The brand Pear. Okay. But there's this a similar idea. Got it. There's yeah. there's Zannies. Sure. Yeah. Uh um, yeah, I was telling you earlier about my my mom who has to wear two different sets of glasses. But I was gonna say she she still wears like the clip on, oh yeah, sunglasses thing. It was <laughs> like I mean it's functional because she has to you know she's constantly switching ga- glasses. Um, but yeah, she's got the clip on. My mom's got the transition lenses. Oh yeah, but they like take a while, so she'll like go inside and just like stand in the doorway for a while. <laughs> You know, it's funny. She's like, like, I can't see anything. <laughs> in all the years those have existed, and it's got to be 20 years or more at this point, you'd think that they would have, like, you know, figured out how to speed that up. Yeah, but, really. But, yeah, I had a friend who... No, uh, they're busy making AI that can destroy the world. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had a friend who had those, too, and his, he, like, we'd be inside, and his, he'd just be wearing sunglasses for, like, <laughs> 15 minutes. Uh Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, what, what's anything exciting going on in your world? Uh, not really. Getting geared up to go to Hawaii here in a couple weeks. Hawaii. You're getting geared up to go to Crypticon. That's right. To, to uh, hawk your wares. Yep. That is. It's a, it's a new experience. It's a fucking task, man. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I mean, like. So I did like probably my most detailed thing going to be selling is this thing of um, uh, Sienna and Art from Terrifier Two. It's very detailed, probably way more detailed than it needed to be. But you know, it's like that's kind of your mo. It is, um, <laughs> but it's like I'm, I started coloring it the other night, and like you know, in between the hours of like even on weekends, you know, it's like during the week, you know, I'm I work. And being with the kid until he goes to bed. And that that's kind of my free time is 
after he goes to bed. But that's like 7 o'clock, and I go to bed at 11, so I've got three hours to work with. Yeah. Four. Four. Yeah. Four hours. And that's assuming I start at 7, which I don't. Sure. It's probably closer to 8. So it is more like 3. Uh, and then on the weekend, you know, I basically all my day is committed to, you know, being dad. And again, he, when he goes to bed or takes a nap, that's when I can work. So I've just been getting minimal things done, and I've got... So many things to color. Oh my god! Like none of them are as detailed. So I'm hoping they go a lot faster. But this thing has been so slow going. I was telling you about it last night. It's like I'm trying to make it, you know, appear that it is at night. You know, you know, like in a in a moonlit setting. So everything's very uh, kind of dull. You know, cool temperature. You know, lots of blues and stuff. And instead of just like coloring it how I'd normally color it and then putting like a like a blue screen over it, I'm like coloring it as if it's like in those cool tones. And that is it's an important part of being a colorist, like learning color theory and that type of stuff. But it is so hard <laughs> to Especially really, when you're learning on the fly. Yeah. It's like to figure out it's like, okay, well this color, it's not the color that I that it that this thing is going to be. Like, let's take uh, well what I was showing you yesterday. Skin tone, you know, it's it's you know kind of a, a let's just to break it down, say like a pinkish tone. That's just how skin. If you're coloring, like the most basic premise is kind of a you know a pinkish, almost brown tone. Um, but you know when it's cast by a blue tint. It's not that color. It's more of a bluish, purplish color. And so, like, finding out how to create that color, but still have it visually, like, when you look at it, say, yeah, that's flesh colored, and not have it, you know, you're basically tricking the brain. It's so hard to do. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> I actually did get manage to get it pretty good, though. Here, let me show you real quick. If my phone will fucking open. This is a great podcast content. Yeah, well. See, see, like that's. I mean, you kind of have to ignore the rest that's not properly colored. But oh, yeah, it looks much better than the one the WIP you showed me. Right. Because you know, it's like that looks like skin at night. You know. Yeah, the one you showed me, I like. I even told you it looked a little avatarish. Right. And the, the what I changed basically is like I leaned less away from just like a pure blue and more into like a purplish color. Hmm. Anyway, so you're kind of getting those reds of an actual skin tone mixed with the blue of the, of the nighttime setting. Anyway, like I said, this is like important concepts for like for color theory, but I'm not a professional colorist. I have not attended school to be a colorist. So this is all stuff I'm really learning. And I was telling my wife about it last night. It's like, yeah, you know, I basically just explained to her everything I just told you. And she's like, well, why didn't you just, like I told her, that, you know, I could have just colored it normally and put blue, you know, kind of a blue wash over the top of it. She's like, well, why didn't she just do that? She's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like an important thing to learn, but maybe it would have been better to learn it when I wasn't under a time crunch. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that's what I'm dealing with. 
I'm so stressed out though. Oh my God. It's coming up so fast and I still have so much to do. <sighs> Guys, make sure you go to Crypticon and go to Tony's booth. He's working very hard to have good things for you to buy. I'm trying so hard. Like the only thing, like, cause I still have to get it printed and I don't know how long that's going to take. Mm, yeah. I'm hoping only like a few days, maybe. Yeah. Cause I'm not, I don't have a lot of things. And I'm not gonna. I'm not printing a lot. Like I'm not making a lot of copies because it's my first convention. I'm not expecting to sell much. I'm just kind of like setting my my expectations low. Sure. <laughs> um. But yeah, if I take too long, then I'm not gonna have everything printed in time, and that is the biggest issue. Because <laughs> I fucked myself. Yeah. But it's like I have a handful of things that are all colored, ready to go. Just gotta print them. That gives me a little bit of comfort, but not enough. Because yeah. all the stuff that I drew specifically for Crypticon is not done. <sighs> anyway. Um, so, so find Tony at Crypticon. Bring money. Yeah, it will be in the Northwest Ballroom in, author, or in uh, Artist Alley. There you go. Find him. Give him money. Give him a <laughs> high five. Give him a hand job. Do whatever you got to do. Well, my wife will be there, so it's like maybe... So maybe maybe not hold off on the hand jobs. Or, you know, ask first, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Ask her, not Tony. Yeah. Because <laughs> be like, if you ask me, I'd be like, I'd look at her and be like, mm? <laughs> not really. It's for my art. <laughs> it's it's appreciation. <laughs> what can I say? They don't have any money. I gotta get my name out there somehow. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm also like, I still have the Jason Mask class, guys. I still have several seats available. Um, please, even if you don't buy anything from my table, buy one of those. Please. <laughs> I, I need to sell all of them. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, I do have one, one other announcement show related. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, another tournament. A while back, we did a remake madness tournament. Very while a very long while ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, you know, picked the best. You know, we had fans vote on our social medias for the best horror remake, and then we did a drunken cinema for it, which ended up being Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. Uh, we are now going to do what we're calling the final fear. Get it? Uh, I do. I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, it's probably. Probably not the first time someone's made that. It's it's most definitely not. <laughs> but it's the first time we've done it. Yeah. So we've got four different brackets. Uh, we've got a slasher bracket, a body horror bracket, a sci-fi horror bracket, and a universal monsters bracket. And we're going to narrow it down, again, through social media. So keep an eye out. It's actually going to be on our website, greatplotpodcast.com. That's actually, when this episode comes out, it will already be up there. So go check it out. Go vote for your favorites. The final two... Uh, we will do an episode on, and we will determine a grand champion. Yep. Yep. Exciting. Yeah. So check it out. Greatplotpodcast.com. Uh-huh. Well, um, I guess before we go any further, do you want to take uh, take care of some, some business here? And, uh, you know, Hello, Fresh. <laughs> pay the bills a little bit. Um, uh, I want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks uh, help finance the show. Um, it's uh, not expensive, but it does cost money. And, you know, I, I don't have money. I don't, I don't have money. I was just telling you, nobody, I don't have money. Nobody has money. Nobody has money. Money, 
Money is not real. <laughs> it's true. Money like, is a construct. Anymore, it seems like cash is, is a dying breed. Yeah, you know, like Ron Paul wants to go back to the gold standard. It's like, are you fucking insane? But why? Nobody has gold. <laughs> Nobody has gold. Nobody's going to want to trade gold. I mean, like, even if you, like... And why would we want to go back to something that's finite? I, I don't know. I mean, why don't we just go back to the oil standard? Well, I mean, because assholes like him only want select people to have money. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. But it's like... It's like, I don't want to trade in gold. I don't want to walk around with fucking doubloons in my pocket. But also, <laughs> it's like, even if I don't carry around gold, if I have like a certificate that says, I have this many golds. Mm, that is much. <laughs> <laughs> I have this many golds. Please give me goods in exchange for this many golds. It's like, I'm just using cash. Yeah, or a check or a debit card or whatever. Right. Like, that's my whole thing with crypto. I'm like, we're already using crypto. Like, our money doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> We're on a on the trust system. Yeah, like, just ask China. It's it's the most bloated currency on earth. It's it's based on nothing. Yeah. Um, like I have heard that if everyone in America tried to empty their bank account, there would not be enough money to do so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like maybe like physical dollars, maybe, but it wouldn't. Su- the economy would not support it. Oh no, the economy. No, I just I just mean like physically, like I've heard there's not enough physical dollars and cents for everyone in America to cash oh. out their bank account. I mean, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I I, I think the the um, the uh, the mints make less and less money every year. That's because nobody uses it. Cash currency is dead. I mean, I don't know why it, it, it's produced at all. We should force people to use digital currency. Sure, sure. It's I. W- I wouldn't say it's more uh, subject to theft. I think that, like, there, in order to th- steal digital currency, you have to be a more adept thief. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a different kind of rather than uh, fucking pickpocketing people, right? Or like sticking a gun in their face and saying, "Give me all your money." Yeah, yeah. It's like unload your crypto account now. <laughs> um. It's like, no, right? No? What's your routing number? It's like, I mean, if I had cash, you could shoot me and steal my wallet. But if you shoot me, you're not getting anything. (laughs) So why don't we just uh, agree to disagree, and we both part ways? (laughs) I think like somebody come up and like put a gun to you and be like, Venmo me this. (laughs) No. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when, when a homeless person is like, Hey man, you got a dollar? I'm like, oh, I don't carry cash. I got square. Oh yeah. Like they, it happens with like the guys hawking their CDs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Girl Scouts. Yep. That used to be the easiest way to get out of buying cookies from Girl oh, Scouts. Oh, sorry. Do the old pat down. I don't, I don't know. Sorry. And they hold up their phone. It's like, fuck. I'm but, diabetic. Yeah. Well, we have Venmo and Cash App and Zelle. Zelle and Square if you have your card. We accept Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some probably do. I bet they do. Uh, anyway. But do they accept Dogecoin? <laughs> it's Doge, I think. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't really do. <laughs> it's just funny because it's a dog. It's a dog face. 
Yeah. That's why it's funny. <laughs> that's why I think it should be Doge. It's like a funny way of saying dog. I've I've only heard it pronounced Doge, so I I don't really care one way or the other. Yeah. I have some Bitcoin that I bought when Bitcoin was like on its way up. It was already up, but it was still kind of going up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I made a little bit of money, and it plateaued. Like I have not, I have not made any more money in several <laughs> years. So cryptocurrency, unless you're like an active, like you know, blockchain, was raider or miner, miner. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have the time or interest for that. Yep. I just rather work and get a paycheck. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> all of that to say, <laughs> we love our grave diggers because they do help uh, not put food on our table, food on our table, but they help put it, this show on the internet. Mm-hmm. Because even though everybody can use the internet to put things on, not the everyone internet, should. Yeah, not everyone <laughs> should, and to actually put things on the internet in perpetuity is not free. Um, so. Uh, those people who help us out are Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, Kevin Nesgoda, and everyone else who doesn't pay us enough to get their name <laughs> mentioned. But we still love you very much. Yes. Your money spends just the same. That's true. There's just less of it. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. For as little as $1, you can join us live on Discord every episode for Horror Business. $5, get your name in the show. You also get things like discounts to the Grave Plot Podcast store. There is a, by the way, I'm a vampire shirt up now. There's also blankets. <laughs> for that? Not or, not the werewolf one, but there's blankets with our logos on them oh, okay. that we talked about doing blankets. Right, right, yeah. We got spaghetti <laughs> and blankets. We do not have spaghetti. Uh, I don't think we accept Bitcoin. I had spaghetti last night. I have I have more spaghetti at home. If you want spaghetti, I will. If you want to buy spaghetti from me, I will send you. If something. you join at the five dollar tier, Tony will send you spaghetti. I will. I will. Bob, I'm still getting the tattoo. I promise. I just have to go to Tacoma, and it's a pain in my ass. <laughs> I live next to Tacoma, and it's still a pain in my ass. <laughs> Like, I keep thinking, maybe I'll just go to a place on here, and I'm like, I can get a better tattoo if I go to Matt, because he'll give me a discount, most likely. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe. Like, not not necessarily like, oh, I'll give you 20% off, but he'll, like, give me a better t- tattoo for the money. Yeah. Because we were friends. Yeah. And uh, it's like, and you know him, so it's like... Yeah, and it's so it's less awkward to show him my ass. Right. It's like, it's less awkward to go in and say, hey... Somebody paid for me to put this on my ass forever. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you please tattoo on my ass? Wouldn't you like to give me a tattoo on my ass? <laughs> uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, anything else before we get things going? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's mosey right along. And talk about some horror business. Alright, starting out some real world horror. A uh, bit of a bit of a throwback here. Cause this kind of shit used to happen all the time. Yeah. 
Uh, last week in Madison County, I'm assuming Wisconsin. Uh, oh, did I not put that? I believe it's Texas, actually. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually local. We're not going to Central America or London. Right, yeah. <laughs> Any of the countries in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, last week in Madison County, Texas, apparently. Uh, it is Texas. The Texas. sheriff's office told residents, while looking into a report of a cow that had been killed and its tongue removed with surgical precision, they had uncovered five similar incidents that had recently occurred in the area. That's six total. Uh, for those keeping track at home, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, updating a local TV station on the situation, the sheriff's office revealed that a seventh mutilated cow had been found on Monday, and like the unfortunate uh, animals that preceded it, it also had its tongue removed in a similarly skilled manner. Um, yeah, like I said, this is very familiar because what is it in the nineties, the eighties? There was just a slew of cattle mutilations. Yeah. Um, so much that they spawned a metal band. It's true. Yeah. Um, or as cattle decapitation. Oh. Decapitated. Cattle mutilation is Brian Danielson's submission finisher. Ah. The one that's not the LaBelle lock, obviously. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I think back then, it's like they're like, oh, it's, you know, got to be Satanists or, you know, aliens. Aliens. Got to be aliens. Aliens. Not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. aliens. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't know exactly when this took place or how many, but it was, a, it was a frequent thing enough to like really kind of capture the eye of the nation because it was just going on over and over. It was, you know, tons of cows just being slaughtered. Yeah, left in the field. You know, um. Let's see. Uh, strangely, they also indicated that a necropsy of the previously killed creatures found that it had actually died of pneumonia, which only deepens the mystery as it does not explain how it wound up losing its tongue in such an odd manner. That, that's weird. And so there's just like a rash of cow pneumonia going around and then some butcher just like, well, they're already dead. Yeah, I mean. Might as well just have some, have some beef tongue. <laughs> I'm... You know, it's like, can you not eat beef that had, you know, if the cow had pneumonia? Well, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like, could that make you sick? Could it give, give a person, or do you just, can you, can you just cook it off? I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, pneumonia is in, in the respiratory system. It's not like, yeah, so maybe disease. it doesn't affect your tongue. And that's why he doesn't cut up any of the other parts. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Somebody did this. Who is this necro butcher? <laughs> uh, necro butcher. Copyright. Great Flat Podcast. No, there's already a wrestler named Necro Butcher. <laughs> oh, damn it. Got to it too, sir. Uh, too late. I believe. Actually, no, I just I won't I, I won't do anything libelous on the show. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we haven't done that before. Yeah, well. We are irreverent. Remember, it's it's in our it's in our uh, description. It's true. <laughs> uh, the incidents have led to renowned 
or sorry, renewed speculation that the phenomenon may be alien in nature. While cult again, activity, aliens. yeah. While cult activity, again, uh, also has also been put forward as possible source of the slayings. I would go with cult activity before aliens. Oh, most definitely. But I would go necro butcher before cult activity. <laughs> Uh, the wrestler, or, or just uh, a necro butcher, and like uh, no, a real necro butcher. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know what the wrestler's capable of. Maybe he's out there cutting cows' tongues out. But there's really no way of knowing. Only one person knows for sure, you know. Yeah, that's him. That's necro butcher. <laughs> the necro butcher. The. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I said, you know, this is very reminiscent of shit that went down you know 30 30 plus years ago um and it's like the same things are being uh pointed at aliens and cold satanic cults and yeah that. and it's like i can't i mean maybe a cult like I, i'm not very you know Versed, yeah, well versed in 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 cult activities, particularly, you know, ones that do like sacrifices or anything. I feel like if it was a cult, though, they would like take the heart or something more prominent than the tongue. Yeah, but you know, a heart would be hard to get to in a cow. That's true, but they have four. The stomachs. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sure, four hearts. Sorry, it's just the because I mean, if, if you have you ever seen a beef heart, and they're, they're, and they're like, like this fucking big, it's like four. Ah, <laughs> uh, Christ! And I don't think it's like they have. I think it's like four chambers of a stomach. They, they say they got four stomachs, mm. so I don't, I don't think it's like four separate organs, to my knowledge. <laughs> I do know that Heifer from Rocco's Modern Life sold three of his stomachs, though, to get money for something. I can't remember what. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so, yeah, you know, if so, if you got cows, particularly in Madison County. Tejas. Yeah. You know, bring them in at night because they might get sliced up. So we know that David Gordon Green is bringing us a new sequel, a new legacy sequel to the original Exorcist. He's doing the same thing he did with Halloween. He's retconning all the sequels. Is that, just, okay, I was going to ask because I couldn't remember. I, I, as, I, I believe so. I believe this is taking place. Like I know this takes place after the events of the first one. And as far as I know, it fully retcons all the sequels. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to miss... Uh, Exorcist 2, but Exorcist 3 was fucking amazing. But even if it's in like Halloween, there'll be like little references and stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, But announced during CinemaCon uh, this week, the new film is actually going to be called The Exorcist Colon Believer. 
not not colon, but not someone who believes in your colon. Like like you know, like the two dots. I believe that colons exist. I believe, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called the Exorcist Believer. Uh, they also showed a new trailer. It's it's not available as far as I know. I have looked and I cannot find it online. So it's, it did not leak. But they showed a trailer at CinemaCon uh, that actually showed Ellen Burstyn, who will be reprising her role from the 1973 film as Chris McNeil. Of course, Reagan's mom. Yeah. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter saw the footage and said, The Exorcist Believer kicks off after the devil takes over the bodies of two children. This is this is what irritates me about CinemaCon. They don't release the trailers for months. Mm. So like only a small group of people, and usually like reporters, get to see them. And then you just get this. You just get like descriptions, descriptions of a trailer. Of trailer. Yeah. It's like, fuck's sake. Uh, kicks off after the devil takes over the bodies of two children. So it's two children in this one. In the trailer, a father drops off his daughter at school. Four priests now? Four? Two young and two old? Yeah. One young, one old, and two middle-aged. It's just a a spectrum. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Uh, In the trailer, a father drops off his daughter at school. However, she and her friend go missing after school. When they are found in the woods, they seem changed and unaware that they were gone three days, believing it had just been a few hours. At another point in the trailer, one of the girls, covered in communion wine, walks into a church mass, screaming... Well, there you go. That's why they lost time. They're fucking They're fucking drunk. drunk. Fucking wine drunk. <laughs> Probably got a splitting fucking headache, too. Uh, walks into a church mass, screaming at the priest, the body and the blood. Finally, the parents call upon Chris McNeil. She attempts to help the girls, one of whom has been carving her daughter's name on her stomach. How does she... Chris had so little to do with the original Exorcist. I mean, other than like being there. Being the mom. Yeah, yeah. she was Reagan's mom. That was her role. Yeah. Everything else was Reagan, Father Damien, and Father uh Karis. Karis. Um it's like Chris had very little to do with the overall story. Yeah. And so why why didn't they should have called in Reagan? Because, you know, maybe she would have had some kind of uh, insight on this. I'm Pretty sure Linda Blair is in this. Is she? I believe so. You'd think that they would mention that. Well, what well, probably wasn't shown in the footage. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe they want to try and keep it a secret. So as much as possible. when she pops up on the screen, everybody's like, "Woo!" They do the Leo meme. Yeah. <laughs> um. This is one of whom has been carving her daughter's name on her. I assume that means carving Reagan's name into her stomach. I. Doubt that the little girl has a daughter. See, this is the problem with pronouns. <laughs> what? Not not people choosing their own pronouns. That's not the problem. The problem is this: when you they're talking about multiple she's and you're just saying she, just she, 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 just, she, just she, 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 just too much she, 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 shan, she, shan. Because <laughs> yeah, that that makes it sound like the young girl, the young girl, young girl. <laughs> has a daughter. And she's carving her name into her stomach. Like, what's considered young? Maybe she's 19. She, she could be well, 19 and have I a mean, daughter. If you're thinking about, like, kind of like the, the structure of a sentence, she, me, I mean, r- r- Chris, meaning Chris, yeah, as aforementioned in the previous sentence, she is the she. She is the subject. Yes. And so she being the subject, saying her daughters would mean. Reagan would 
would mean that they're referring to Chris being the she in the sentence. Okay. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a. Uh, English is uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not just say carving Reagan's name? We know who Reagan is. Yeah, we do. And if you don't, why are you watching this movie? Yeah. You know, I was thinking Although about I will that. say, I think a lot of people in that theater last night have never seen an Evil Dead movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Why? Because they're grossed out? Because yeah, they're noobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah! It's, I mean, I'll get into this a little more when we talk about the movie, but you can always tell from, like, the initial scene what someone's reaction to the rest of the movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where, like, you or I are in a theater... And they have that reaction to the opening scene, and you go, this is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to make of this. Seems unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely does. I, But, you know, was this... Um, was it Disney, right? What? No, no a- Amazon. What? The, Putting the, this out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely not Disney. Um, well, cause I'm thinking, cause who, who bought the, was it Mill, Mill Creek? No. Well, cause I'm, if I remember right, the original Exorcist was MGM and Amazon owns MGM now. Um, give me a second. I could be wrong though. This is just kind of what I'm Morgan Creek was the name I was thinking of. Yeah. It's Blumhouse is putting this out. So universal. Yes. Production uh, companies Blumhouse and Morgan Creek distributed by Universal. Got it. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't understand what the point of this was, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there was so much vitriol. Like people seem to love the first Halloween. Like the 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 78? No, no, like the, 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 oh, the, the new ones. David Gordon Greens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Loved the first one. And then progressively hated the next two. Like, hated more. One, hated the second one, and then really hated the third one. Um, but I think that Halloween fans uh, are a lot more passionate than Exorcist fans. I don't know if there are a lot of, like, ride-or-die Exorcist fans. Um, and if there are, or if there ever were, then I don't know that a lot of them, like even go to movies anymore you know <laughs> yeah well i mean halloween was you know there was the, the franchiseness of it yeah yeah which yeah you had exorcist sequels but they were never really well received um you know despite our positive thoughts on three it was never really looked at as a franchise yeah i mean that was back in the day when you weren't trying to build franchises sure especially ones based on you know fucking exorcisms yeah Slashers, you know, slasher franchises were the thing back in the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, yeah, because you can push them out like Play-Doh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's fucking 12 Friday the 13th and, what, seven or eight Nightmare on Elm Streets. Right. <laughs> Night- nightmares? Nightmares on Elm Street. Yeah, that would, that would be the, the proper... English is so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a title, so it would be Nightmare on Elm Streets. Yeah. Technically. Yes. But... Properly, it would be a be well, but it's a nightmare. You can't say a nightmares. 
So properly, it would be Nightmares on Elm Street. Right. But since the title, it would be A Nightmare on Elm Streets. Yes. But <laughs> honestly, nobody calls it A Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Nobody fucking calls it that. I don't even know why they bothered. <laughs> like the first one, sure, that's what it was called. But like beyond that, nobody was calling it A Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Pull your finger out of your fucking ass. That's what I say. I say, pull your finger out of your ass. Um. Anyway. But yeah. Like... People were so uh, distraught over this these misdeeds being done to the the Michael Myers legacy. I just I don't see that really happening with this one. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be as much pushback. Yeah, even though you know, as far as like you know, Halloween had eight films originally. Six, six. No, well, oh no, H two O and and um, Buster Rhymes. I'm talking about total, including like Rob Zombie. Oh, well, okay. So there was there's six, and then there was H2O, and then there was Resurrection. Was that the Buster Rhymes one? Yes. And then, so then there was Rob Zombie's two. So that's eight. Okay, so there were eight total, and we can consider, well, just pre... Wait, no, that can't be right. Six, and then H2O, Resurrection, and then Rob Zombie's two, so ten. Oh, okay. So, okay, so ten. Um I forgot where I was going with this week. I got so sidetracked. <laughs> uh, Just talking about the pushback of it? Yeah, well, I mean, you got, you know, this... I guess there... Oh, I remember what I was saying. There are probably, when you consider that this the Exorcist series has... Well, actually, I guess it has four, because it had that prequel that was terrible. So there's four total Exorcist movies. And... Half of them are bad. I think you could probably say probably more than half of the Halloween movies are bad. So there was actually two prequels. It was the same movie, just recut. The beginning in Dominion was the same movie? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was... Uh, the, the Dominion was the director's cut. Oh. They're both bad. The, yeah, not good. It had promise, but just... Really fell apart on the delivery. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so I mean, like, I'd say ratio-wise that Exorcist has as many bad sequels as Halloween does. But Exorcist also was, like, you didn't have a Michael Myers. Yeah. Like, Reagan didn't, she was in The Heretic, but she didn't carry over to three, and she wasn't in the prequels. Right. So it's, there wasn't really that connection yeah, it's just like to you're, one you're, character. It's you know the uh, a demon or you know the devil, however you want to take it. Yeah, as Azazel. Yes. His name? Yes. God, it's been so long since I've watched it. Um. Anyway, I just so what I'm saying is like even if this is bad, I can't imagine it having as much backlash as Halloween did. Yeah. Because they're like I said, the fans, I don't think are as passionate about it um but you know there'll be people out there who have seen exorcist like once in their life and be like oh this movie fucking sucks yeah probably just because people like to bitch yeah people will go to south by southwest and sit through an entire movie and the credits just to yell at the director that his movie fucking sucks yeah and then bruce campbell will tell me to get the fuck out man what a fucking what a fucking death blow that would be you know <laughs> It's like, oh, my heart. <laughs> but I would never tell Bruce one of his movies fucking suck. Like, if Bruce if Bruce came to me and was like, hey, so did you, uh, you see Cave Aliens? He'd be like, <laughs> no. 
or fucking uh i mean cave aliens is probably like as far as like his bad movies it's, it's like up there <laughs> but it's like man with the screaming brain even he thinks that one sucks <laughs> But I wouldn't tell him it sucked. If you're like, I love all your movies, and he's like, you're the man with the screaming brain, you'd be like, yep. Because yes. <laughs> it's fucking Bruce. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Believer. The Exorcist Believer. Believer. <laughs> I'm not familiar with his work. I see you gave this one a title. Or actually, I guess you kind of gave them all of them titles. Yeah, I was just trying to, just trying to have a little fun with it. Do something new. We'll freshen it up. But by the title, I thought this was going to be about the new Saw. About Socks? Saw movie. Socks, yeah. <laughs> socks, 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 Socks. Yeah, in case you guys haven't seen, the new Saw movie coming out is being coined as Saw X, because it is the 10th film. Uh, and uh, it looks like it says Socks. <laughs> So, there but you like, go. like, like how people in Boston, what they call their baseball team, like the fucking socks, Your fucking socks, the socks, go socks. <laughs> um, anyway, but that's not what we're talking about, which is fine, <laughs> which is a shame. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tony Todd back I, in action. Hey, we met him. Yeah, we did. He's a nice guy. He's a great guy. He's a great fucking guy. Great fucking guy. Um, uh, he is leading the cast of an upcoming horror movie uh, called Werewolf Game. See, now my first thought was um, Werewolves Within Us, like yeah. the, um, the video game, which was adapted into a movie. Right. Which, which the movie didn't really, wasn't really a, a direct adaptation, but... I mean, yeah, conceptually, I guess, but yeah, I mean, it, but like werewolf game is similar to like, um, uh, like mafia or yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, also werewolf within us, or is it? Is that what it's called? Werewolf within us? Or werewolves within? Maybe I think it's just called werewolf within or werewolves within um, something like that. Something werewolf and within, in some sort of order. And Lily from AT and T was yeah, in. yeah, and Sam Richardson. Great cast. I love Sam Richardson, man. He's so good. Have you watched Veep? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the first thing I ever saw him in, and he's so fucking funny in that. We were watching the after party, and I was like, man, he always plays such a fucking goober. (laughs) (laughs) Like, even like those hotel commercials he's on with Ike Barinholtz, he's just like, has no idea about anything. Yeah. Like, when he's just like, yo, AD stayed here last night, and he's like, I entered DeFranco. For three hundred, no, that's too many. <laughs> too many points. <laughs> what? God damn! I was just watching something with him where he was playing like a some kind of like I think he was like an African prince or something. Ted Lasso. That's what it was. Yep. Okay. He's a dick in that. Yeah, that's the only one where he doesn't play a total goober. Yeah. Um, let's see. Anyway, but yeah, uh, werewolf game. Like as meant, Taylor mentioned, is a is a usually a card based. I think 
There's cards involved, right? Is it? I always thought it was one of the ones where, like, we well, no, have to have a role. No one knows who the murderer is except for one person, and he's the inspector, and he knows because he's the murderer. Wait, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I don't think I've ever played Werewolf, but I've played something similar, and that we, we were handed cards. So I just assumed Werewolf had cards, too. I don't know of a game with cards, but there's there's a lot. Of, so there's a lot of different games that are basically the same premise. You know, everybody has a has a role, but okay, yeah, no, here it is. There is a card game. Okay, yeah, but I mean, it's not like you. Uh, well, it's it's been a while since I played it, so I I don't remember exactly how it went out. But you 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 are handed a role. You're dealt a card that has a role on it. Every player gets a character card. You always have one moderator, one seer, one doctor, and two werewolves. That's yes. Exactly. The rest of the players are villagers. Right. Um, and uh, I think even the werewolves don't know who each other are, or maybe they do. I, it doesn't matter. There are several games designed around the same structure. Mafia being one of them. Very similar. Yeah. And I think vamp- they made one for vampires, I think. I think that was the one I played. It was based on vampires. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so but the thing is, when when you are a vampire or a werewolf, and then you find the other one, you can say, hey, I'm a werewolf. And you, you can, can too. too. <laughs> <laughs> Get your I'm a werewolf and you can too shirt. It's at com. <laughs> So in the werewolf game, 12 strangers are kidnapped and forced to play werewolf game to the death. This is the movie, not the actual game. Right. A thrilling feature film based on the iconic party game. Uh, Sunstrike Pictures tells Bloody Disgusting, we have a huge influence of John Carpenter and horror manga uh, to create horror manga. Okay. Uh, to create a uniquely visceral film that is as haunting as it is beautiful. Uh, going like saying John Carpenter and horror manga, it's like, wait, those two things don't go together. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like I, I don't even know how horror manga fits in with werewolf game. I, mean, I guess maybe just aesthetically of the movie. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Maybe it takes place in Japan. Maybe. Um. <clears throat> Uh, da, 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 da. Werewolf game is a thrilling, disturbing whodunit mystery that will keep you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Uh, Tony Todd stars along familiar star, yeah stars alongside familiar faces, including Bai Ling. Oh, uh, Crow reunion there. Man, I feel like I haven't seen Bai Ling in anything since fucking Entourage. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I don't really seek out her roles, but yeah, me neither. But I think that was the last thing I think the last thing I saw her in was Entourage. I, I doubt that's the last thing that she was in, but sure. Yeah. Um, let's see, Robert Picardo <laughs> and Lydia Hurst, uh, as well as rising stars Tila Dunn, Tabitha Jane, and Tim Real Butto, as opposed to uh, Tim Fake Butto, right? <laughs> It's probably like Buto or something. Probably, yeah. I'm not gonna say that. It's not funny. <laughs> real, real Buto is is not funny. He's a real fucking butte. Gyms <laughs> are such fucking beauties. Fucking beauticians. Um. 
so you can help fin- help the film uh, cross the finish line over on Kickstarter. They are running a um, uh, finishing fund fundraiser over there, and um, you can do that. <laughs> they are currently well short of their goal. So if you if you are going to do it, and then then go do. <laughs> That's always a shame. Like, I don't know. Like, even if movies are bad, I always kind of root for them. Sure. So you, it's it's ind- hard to make a movie. Yeah, like, we know firsthand. Yeah. It is hard to make a movie. Independent film, you know, let's let's get it going. You'll make it everything it can be. And when you see just something kind of flounder like that, it's like, mm, man, that's rough. But, I mean, it's got some star power behind it. So, you know. Like Tony Todd kind of, he's just like a hired gun nowadays, but, um, but you know, Byling, Robert Ricardo, they're also fairly well known. Tony Todd plays the judge. The, <laughs> Hi, my name, my is, name judge. is Judge. Whose name is Judge? My name is. <laughs> uh, anyway. So there you go. Uh, link in our show notes. Uh, yeah, sure. Probably. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> link in our show notes if Taylor remembers. That's a fact. <laughs> so uh, that, that's it for that one. <laughs> I just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed right loud. I knew I'd moved in a haunted house. And you ever eat uh, like spaghetti or something, and then your mouth just tastes like fucking onion and garlic the, the next day? I mean, I don't eat, eat onions, but like even a spaghetti sauce. I mean, I guess or usually not like, a If it's like onion powder or something. Oh, but see, yeah, I, I can't. I'm like you. I can't stand. Uh, biting into an onion, it makes me physically ill. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what we always do is um, chop up the onion and the garlic, um, and put it in a magic bullet, like a tiny little blender, mm. and basically puree it. I I buy jarred sauce. So. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, so I, I was just saying, my mouth tastes like fucking onion right now, and it's like driving me nuts. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, a while back we talked about a little movie called My Best Friend's Exorcism. Yeah. Uh, based on a book by a gentleman named Grady Hendrix. And it turns out Grady Hendrix has a new novel that I believe just came out and is already being optioned as a movie. It's called How to Sell a Haunted House. Uh, per Variety, Legendary Entertainment has won the movie rights and has tapped filmmaker James Ashcroft to helm it, uh, who made the movie Coming Home in the Dark. Mm, yes, yes. Mm. I don't know that movie. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the exciting part is that Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert uh, and their ghost house pictures are on board to produce, along with Hendrix and Adam Goldworm's Aperture Entertainment. Uh, Hendrix will adapt his own novels. I guess he's writing the script, and uh, Ashcroft will direct that's always uh dicey dicey yep it's 
sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. It just kind of depends on... Because uh, screenwriting is a different skill. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, and especially if you're adapting a story, making sure that those um, sto- you know, in, in, crucial plot points are making their way into a writing that is predominantly dialogue, you know? Yeah. But if you were also, if you were to adapt a novel like directly into a movie, it's going to be like five hours long. Well, yeah. Especially if it's like a Stephen King. If it's a Stephen King, it's going to be 12 hours long. (laughs) Uh, The plot to how to sell a haunted house says as follows. When Louise finds out her parents have died, she dreads going home. She doesn't want to leave her daughter with her ex and fly to Charleston. She doesn't want to deal with her family home, stuffed to the rafters with the remnants of her father's academic career and her mother's lifelong obsession with puppets and dolls. God, I'd get out of that house as quickly as possible. No shit. Just burn it. Just burn it down. (laughs) Uh, She doesn't want to learn how to live without the two people who knew and loved her best in the world. Most of all, she doesn't want to deal with her brother, Mark, fucking Mark, who never left their hometown, gets fired from one job after another, and resents her success. Unfortunately, she'll need his help to get the house ready for sale because it'll take more than some new paint on the walls and clearing out a lifetime of memories to get this place on the market. But some houses don't want to be sold, and their home has other plans for both of them. Because it's haunted. Oh, <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> it's, it's right there in the name, really. It like kind of gives the whole thing away. Hey, make the walls bleed. <laughs> Uh, the premise doesn't... Oh, re- just get out. Go. <laughs> Come on, do it. <laughs> uh, this premise doesn't reveal, but book readers know well that Hendrix's latest introduces nightmare fuel in the form of Pupkin, a malevolent puppet with a severe grudge. Oh, bother. You're going to get some fucking poltergeist type shit. He's all like, it's frustrating. Popo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fuck it. Give it a rim job. (laughs) In your face, it explodes. (laughs) Oh. Have you watched Quasi? Nope. No reason. Just haven't gotten to it. I'm not super stoked on it, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Just just doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, they... yeah, no, I'll definitely watch it eventually. But did you ever watch Super Troopers two? No, actually, I never did. Me neither. Again, I just had no reason why. I just never really got to it. Yeah, and like the reviews were bad enough that I like wasn't like that's true. Yeah, there was like I felt like I had to go seek it out or anything. You know that that's just a a, a prime example of uh, striking while the iron is ice cold. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like if you're gonna make a Super Troopers sequel you basically should have done it like right after beer fest Mm -hmm. and i mean like right after yeah right so i mean as far as how to sell a haunted house um i mean i'm I'm gonna wait and see on this one because i wasn't a big fan of my best friend's exorcism yeah so uh i don't yeah like that felt like a young adult kind of story yeah I, this one maybe is a little more adult. It's hard to tell from really from this premise, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, was, I mean, this doesn't seem like something I would really run out and see, right? To me, to begin with, and the fact that it's, yeah, you know, maybe this, maybe the story was fine, and it was really just the 
uh, my best friend's exorcism. Maybe the story is fine, and it was really just the execution of the film that was bad. I I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant. Hesitant? Hesitant. Hesitant. Is that even a word? Sorry. Is that a, is that a bit? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a happy endings reference. Ah. <clears throat> um... That's it. That's it. Okay. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. We're gonna be best friends. Gonna come to your house and watch your killies and tease them until the end. I'll hand you everything I own and you'll sign it all for me. Then we'll start rehearsing for K. Bailey and Creep. Bruce Lord Campbell. Alright, so, uh, you know, Peacock's been getting a lot of original, not just TV shows, but films lately. Um, or, you know, like exclusive streaming releases and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next up, uh, or sorry, this is not a film, but it's a series. So it's it, Peacock is getting a lot of Peacock exclusive series, which is a risky move. I think if in, in any, any streaming service, but got to get subscribers. Gotta, yeah. Can't, uh, you can't base a streaming service on, old TV shows and old movies. You got to you got to get that new content. Yep. Um anyway, so the next up is a uh coming of age thriller named Hysteria exclamation point. Um it has been ordered straight to series and the exciting part about this, and probably the only thing, well, maybe not the only thing, but the thing that makes it worth watching is getting the one, the only, the Bruce Chin Supreme. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Dirt, 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 dirt. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bruce Campbell is, joins the previously announced cast members of Julie Bowen. Uh, or is it Bowen? Bowen? I believe it's Bowen. Uh, Anna is Camp. Miss Tasty? No. Oh no, it's her. Okay, from Modern or Happy Gilmore. That's that's the first thing I ever saw. Her in. Also, also Modern Family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I never watched it. <laughs> oh, actually, I uh, unintentionally saw a few episodes. Um, 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 um uh, sorry, uh, Julie Julie Bowen, Anna Camp, M J Anthony, Chiara Ar- Aurelia. K- Casey Curtis and Nikki Hahn. Katrina Bowden was Miss Tasty. Ah, yes. Um, the only name in that list I know is Julie Bowen. Anna Camp? You don't know Anna Camp? Maybe. <laughs> if you're surprised that I don't, then maybe I do. Oh, okay. I mean, not by name, but yes, I, I do recognize her. You know, from Pitch Perfect? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, uh, Kong Skull Island director uh, Jordan Vogt Roberts will uh, helm the premiere episode. And uh, oh, MJ Anthony is Max from Krampus. Oh, he's all grown up, isn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the premise goes as such: when a beloved varsity quarterback disappears during the satanic panic of the late eighth, ah, goddamn it, tongue tied. <laughs> 
During the satanic panic of the late 1980s, a struggling high school heavy metal band of outcasts realized they can capitalize on the town's sudden interest in the occult by building a reputation as a satanic metal band until a bizarre series of murders, kidnappings, and reported supernatural activity triggers a leather-studded witch hunt that leads directly back to them. Sounds like, uh, well, I mean, sounds like several. It's, yeah, sounds like a lot of stuff. Yeah, I like uh, West Memphis Three. Sure, very similar. Well, they weren't a band, but you know, they were. Uh, they, also, only one of them was a Satanist, right? Uh, so Ch- Chiara Aurelia was in Fear Street, and Gerald's Game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Where do I leave off? Uh, Cabruce Campbell will play Chief Dandridge, described as a small-town police chief whose understanding of his community is put to the test after a disturbing series of murders, disappearances, and unexplained phenomena. It's a phenomena. <laughs> um, just going to do a bunch of Jim Gary old in Living Color bits this episode. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I ain't stupid. I just, I just stupid. Dupe it. <laughs> What's your real name? Robert Van Winkle. Why did you change it? Nothing rhymes with Winkle. <laughs> I think a part of that that sticks out most in my in my mind is when he's dancing and he flings off his shoe and he has to go chase <laughs> like it. Twenty feet in the air. <laughs> Oh god, I miss Living Color. It was so good. Yeah, it, like I remember they tried to bring it back and it just didn't work out. Yeah, no, you can't recapture that. No, especially like today's climate. It's just like somebody's gonna be offended. Well, I mean, people were offended back then too. But well, yeah, they had a wheel of who they would offend that week. Do you remember? Yeah. That? <laughs> it was like white people, white people, white people, white people, white people. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because we deserve it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not like we haven't, you know, built up this hatred over what a thousand years. Yeah. Um anyway. Anyway, sounds like Bruce is playing a bit of a straight man. Kind of looks that way, yeah. Which is like I want to believe that he can do it, but I haven't ever seen him do it <laughs> right? before. So it'll be interesting to see. Because it's like, you know, he walks on stage and you expect fucking Ash, Ash basically, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of what he's done his, almost his entire career. Well, yeah, he played a character called the man with the screaming brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I think as far as like the only, the closest thing to a straight man that I can think of that he's ever done was Briscoe County. Yeah. Well, maybe Cave Alien, but that was bad well that that was when he was like trying to like okay i'm not doing the the evil dead stuff anymore i'm what about the doorman at the theater in (laughs) spider-man i mean i guess he's kind of like an unintentional well intentionally unintentional comic relief yeah the only man who has has ever stopped (laughs) spider-man yep (laughs) Um. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's 
I'll fucking watch anything Bruce is in. I think I've said that. Fucking A. Fucking A. Um, so there you go. It's, so this does take, this is a, it takes place in the 80s. It does? Oh, yeah. Of the late 1980s, yeah. Right, okay. Let's say trying to recapture Satanic Panic uh, in modern age probably wouldn't work all that well. Yeah, not so much. I guess I'm maybe in parts of the South, though. Well, yeah, yeah they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> if you live in a part of the country or the world, for that matter, that you know where you feel like the the larger part of your community would be uh, uh, duped by a satanic panic uh, scare in the fucking 21st century, you should move away. Move. Yeah. Because those people uh, are not on your level. <laughs> they are not on your side. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this show and you live with people with that, that are like that, yeah, they're not on your side. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, okay, so that's it. Didn't say when that's coming out, does it? Uh, soon. Yeah. In the near future. All right, so coming up shortly, we're going to be talking about the brand new Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rise, which uh, scored $23.5 million at the box office opening weekend. Obviously, that's not like in Spider-Man territory or anything, but that's pretty good, especially considering it had a $19 million budget. No slouch. Did better than Renfield. <laughs> uh, yeah. Renfield, if you guys didn't know, like we both liked it. Yeah. But it got $7 million, seven. So it was a $63 million budget, I think. Jeez. And... Nicholas Cage was like fifty million in that, really. <laughs> and it brought in a total of seven million on opening weekend. Uh, in, in case you guys aren't familiar with the business, that is what they call a bomb. complete bomb. <laughs> I think it's going to find uh, uh, an audience on uh, streaming. Yeah, when they bring it to Peacock, I think a lot more people. Are like it's getting watch good it. reviews too. It's not like people hate it. Yeah. Everyone that's seen it seems to like it for the most part. I think we talked about this. It's like, I can't remember if we did it on air or if we did it just text or something um, saying, you know, expecting people to go back to the theater like they used to. It's just not going to happen. No, it's really not. You should stop expecting pre-pandemic numbers at the box office. I was was surprised to see that the Thursday, yeah, Thursday show, Thursday late show of Evil Dead Rise sold out at at the theater down the street. Did it? Yeah. When I went, there was maybe a dozen people in there. Yeah, I mean, I you know this is what second week, and I went Friday night. So you know, it's like that. That's an expected busy time, um, and I bought my ticket early in the day. Like it was, my showing was at eight p.m. I bought my ticket probably like ten in the morning, um, and there were already maybe about a quarter of the seats sold already. <clears throat> And by the time I went and sat down um, and the movie was starting, I'd say 98, 99% of the theater was full. Huh? I think the reason the Thursday show sold out was because it, that was before they had extended it 
Mm. So at the time, that was the last show. Ah, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, $23.5 million off a $19 million budget. Uh, and the thing that might, might surprise some people is that this was originally planned to go straight to HBO Max. This wasn't even supposed to get a theater run. I, this is the first time hearing of that. Yeah, me too. When I, when I first read this, I, I was like, I did not know that. Um, you know, from a selfish standpoint, I kind of wish it had. Yep. But <laughs> Guys, we've gone to the theater three episodes in a row. That's uncommon for us. Yeah, and it's taxing. Good news, next two episodes are not theaters. Uh, but this is the first Evil Dead movie since uh, Fede Alvarez's wasn't a remake. I don't know what the you know it wasn't I, a legacy sequel. I mean, I, I saw guess it this kind of was, but it was before that was a thing. Well, see, like I saw this thing, and it, I don't think it's official in any way. But um, somebody basically created the, like these three different timelines, um, based on all the Evil Dead movies. It's like there's you know Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two. And Army of Darkness, and there's so there, there's basically the, the Army of Darkness timeline. There is the Fide Alvarez. Sorry, no, there's four different ones. No, three, three, three. Sorry, there's yeah. So there's the um, Army of Darkness timeline, the Raimi timeline. There's the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead timeline, mm-hmm. which is Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two. And Ash versus Evil Dead. So the Army of Darkness timeline is just Army of Darkness? Yes. And then there's the Fide Alvarez one, which is Evil Dead 1. Fide Alvarez. Actually, I can't remember if Evil Dead 2 was in there or not. But Also, there's overlap in them. Yes. Oh, okay. And Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead films are constant. They're in all three timelines. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so there's the original Evil Dead. So this is the third one. Like Evil, Dead, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, you gotta kind of have to almost consider one movie. Yeah. Um, so there's the original Evil Dead. And, sorry, quick Break this down again. Army of Darkness timeline, Ash versus Evil Dead timeline, and then there's the new school timeline. Yeah. So basically, I can't remember if it was Evil Dead 1 and 2 or just 1, but then there's Alvarez's Evil Dead, and then this. Okay. Or Evil Dead Rise. And I'll mention this when we talk about it later, but I think that there was a very brief inference. Like, you, you could connect it to the original two. Like, to the, to the original movie and Alvarez's. Okay. There's a part of the story that kind of leads into that, too, which I'll point out when we get there. But Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, this is the first one since Fidel Alvarez's one, which was 2013. It was 10 years ago. <laughs> That was our first episode. That's right, it was. Our first episode was The Evil Dead and Evil Dead together. Didn't we do three? Or was that? That was the second, second episode because it was, it was a Halloween special. Right. <laughs> Congratulations. You get a Halloween special of this two episode old uh, uh, show. Yep. <laughs> uh, but producer Bruce Campbell, the one and only, told AV Club earlier this week we're going to try and do them more like every two or three years rather than every 10 years. Mm. that's too much I think maybe five years mo- at the max mm, I don't know I think you're, you're diluting it at that point you're, you're making depends too on much. how they do it though 
This isn't Marvel, though. It's like it's not like you have this spectrum of of storylines to pick from. You have to basically either build on the same storyline or create complete new ones every time. And either way, people are going to get tired of it. Well, Bruce says it's also the first time Sam was working with his brother Ivan to create an overall Bible that will give future writers and directors an idea of where this thing should go next and potentially tie in some of these stories. So I think it's going to get a little more tied in tied in as tied in as the years go by. It's a weird tie tied in is not a phrase I'm no. I hear a lot. Um but he said it's all about the books now. It has nothing to do with Ash or any particular character. In Army of Darkness, we first saw three books. So we know that there are three out there and none of them are any good. It's about where does that damn book wind up, who gets it, and what happens. So that kind of leads to the idea of three different timelines. If there's three different books. Well, so I'll, I'll save it. R- remind me to, to circle back to this when we talk about Evil, Evil Dead Rise. Um, and I'll, there's just a little something in, in it that I, that I noticed and kind of what I think about it. Okay. Bruce continues, but the universe is the same. It's about innocent people with no special skills having to fight for their very lives. And in this case, it's a wayward sister and this young daughter. So it's still a pressure cooker. They get isolated. The apartment is the cabin. The fact that it's a creepy old high rise in downtown LA is just cool. Again, we'll get more into this later. Uh, He said, but because it's all about the books, it could be a book in the past, a book in the future. It's yet to be determined. Which, you know, we saw with Army of Darkness. I was obviously took place in the past. Although he time traveled to the past, but. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I. I'm on board with more Evil Dead movies for sure. But I think every two, three years, that's too much. I think you're just overdoing it at that point. Like I said, I think five years, you put out a movie. I think you're doing good. Yeah. Because I just, I don't think it has, I don't think it has, and I don't think it ever will have the same kind of fan base, you know, say like Marvel movies. Um, it just doesn't have the legacy or the the, the power behind it. I oh, think. sure. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, Marvel and Disney can get away with that, putting out, you know, two, year, two movies a year or, or you know every two to three years or, or whatever. Um, if you're talking about like the same film series, um, you know, Spider-Man or Iron Man specific movies, you know, yeah, every two to three years you can do that because you've got, like I said, a legacy and a, in a, in a, in a fan base to support that evil dead. I don't think it has that same luxury. So yeah, it's kind of like the diehards, but I don't know that it's like a growing fan base. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure how much you're gonna get new fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, although like I said, in my theater, it sure felt like most of the people there had never seen an Evil Dead movie. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a horror fan born every minute. So that's what they say. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, somebody says that. I said it. You're the they. I am the they. You're one of them. <laughs> I'm a part of something. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's it for horror business. That is it. Wrapped it up with a fine, nice little bow. Yep. 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 All right. Well, <clears throat> where do we go from here, Taylor? We go to the movie reviews. 
Hi right, guys, so <laughs> this is a theme episode, believe it or not. <laughs> Two very tenuously tied films. Was it High Rise Horror? High Rise Horror. Going up. <clears throat> so basically horror movies that take place in some big ass buildings. That's right. Uh, we've got uh, the new film Evil Dead Rise. In LA? Oh, uh, and Poltergeist 3. In Chicago, bang, bang. Chicago, bang, bang. Uh, which one would you like to start with, Taylor? Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball here. I want to start with Evil Dead Rise. That That is a curveball. <laughs> ah, Jesus. I like him very much, but he no help with curveball. Are you saying that Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? All right, Harris, let's not start some kind of holy war here. <laughs> What's up, sis? I had the most beautiful dream. It was the perfect day. All I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies <laughs> so that we could stay one happy family. <laughs> when I was just a little girl, I asked my mother. What is this, Danny? I found it. What will I be? So, Evil Dead, the new film in the Evil Dead franchise. You know how I know? Because it's, it's right there in the name. Because it's in the name. <laughs> uh, as I discussed before, you know, the timeline thing is is muddy. But what I was just explaining earlier in the sh- in the show, right before we jumped over the reviews, makes sense. Yeah. 
did I'm trying to remember if Alvarez's version had the the teeth. Uh no. I didn't think so. That's a new thing. Yeah. Okay. So this is a different book then. Which yes. it's clearly a different book anyways. At yes. least for especially from the um I mean we're jumping ahead here, but from the Raimi movies because this one doesn't have a face. Yeah. Which did Alvarez have a face? God, I cannot remember the book in no. the Alvarez movie. It didn't. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, this one starts out um, at a lakeside cabin, but not the cabin. Not the cabin. Which? Why? Why not make it the cabin? Well, you would have gotten a cheap pop. So this is actually it's a fucking A-frame. Yeah, it's it's a actually what it opens with is yeah we get not it's less aggressive in this yeah uh yeah we get uh the classic demon cam shot although we find out very quickly that it's not demon cam it's a fucking drone uh, operated by fucking caleb who's just some kind of dickhead some tool at first i was having trouble trying to figure out when this took place but then I'm like, oh wait, no, he's got a drone, so because <laughs> 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 um, they were, you know, they didn't have cell phones, so you didn't know it was it was today. That's true. Um, she reads a book, which nobody does. Nobody reads fucking books. Get out of here. Fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, Teresa and Jessica, who are you know best friends and cousins. That's right, they are cousins. It says friends here, but they're cousins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cousins. Cause she, well, I mean, unless it's just like one of those prison things where she calls her cuz. <laughs> yeah, because anything can happen in a cell, cuz. <laughs> uh, so they're at uh, this cabin, and yeah, Teresa's out um, just reading a book on the deck. Or, Wuthering Heights. Um, Wuthering Heights. I'm not sure that's relevant. I know. Why, is, why isn't it a, a, um, a farewell to arms? That would be good. That's what they should have done. Um, anyway, so she she's sitting out on the deck and um, fucking dickhead Caleb. Doc. What did I say? Deck. Doc. Uh, and yeah, so this this is up to this point, we think that what we're seeing is, like I said, the demon cam because we're getting the, the shaky, you know, fast paced. Flying through the woods. Yeah. Low angle. And then, you know, obviously like the... But like Taylor said, nowhere near. Fuck, <coughs> wasn't ready for that. Uh, not nowhere near as loud and, and obnoxious as, <laughs> as usual. Um, we find out it's just a drone that's being operated operated by Caleb, who is Teresa's cousin Jessica's boyfriend. Um, there, and uh, she's like. You know, have you have you seen Jessica? What's 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 going on? She said that she's not feeling well. She's she took a he gave her a what Klonopin, <laughs> and she's you know sleeping it off back in the cabin. So she goes to check on her. And uh, now wait, there's a part here. I <sighs> fuck it. I'm just gonna say it. she says you know the drone like flies by her, and she says you know you could have taken my head off. And he's like, wouldn't be a clean decapitation with these blades. So this is a little foreshadowing. Yeah. Um. So she goes back up to the cabin to check on Jessica, who is 
laying in bed, you know, she's got, kind of got her back to us, which is also, I mean, like knowing what movie you're watching, <laughs> you kind of get an idea what's going on. Um, and she sits down, I mean, she's passed out because she's drugged, and she sits down and she's kind of talking to her and, you know, like saying, I can't believe you talked me into coming out here. You know, if you don't wake up, I'm going to do something. So she's going to shove Caleb in the water or something, or yeah. kill him or something. Um, uh, da, da, da. she sits down, she starts reading her book again. And Jessica, who has not moved, has not, you know, uh, moved from her position of laying down on the bed with her back to us. She starts laughing, she's kind of giggling. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, she comes in and she says, You know, how you feeling or something? She's, and Jessica just kind of groans. And then she tells her, you know, if you don't get up, I'm going to have to. It's something about killing Caleb. I don't remember if it's how specific it is. You know, hold him under the water till the bubbles pop or something like that. Yeah. But, but then Jessica laughs at that. Right. Okay. Kind of giggles. Yeah. So she, yeah. I mean, that's basically the, the the only sign of consciousness you're getting from her at this point. Just kind of like casual, like little giggles at you know random shit. <laughs> so she's reading her book. And she's just giggling, and she looks at her, and like she's kind of got her eyes down on her book, and she looks up, and Jessica's sitting, again, still with her back to us, but she's sitting upright on the bed, and she's just like, uh, and then she starts talking, reciting something. Teresa realizes that she's reciting lines from Wuthering Heights, the same, mm-hmm. the exact page that she's on. So she um, goes to check on her, and as she falls off the bed, Jessica falls off the bed. That's right. Yeah, she falls off the bed. She goes to check on her, and <laughs> this guy a couple of rows in front of me, just like, what an idiot! She fell off the bed, <laughs> drunk bitch. <laughs> so she does that clonopin. <laughs> Special K. <laughs> um, <laughs> Teresa goes, you know, gets up and rushes to go check on her. And as she leans over, Jessica reaches up, grabs her ponytail. And First, she spews up the big spoogums. <laughs> oh, that's she right. Coughs up this big white load. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just bathes just uh, Teresa in this fucking foamy. I got to give that actress credit because she like spat it up and it just went straight up and right back in her own face. <laughs> and then she grabs Je- Teresa by her ponytail and rips her fucking scalp off. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says something like. Who's. It was a reference to something she had. Teresa had said to her. It was who's the. Who's the who's something the now? Brain dead meat puppet? Was that what it was? I think that's what it was. Okay. That's what she had called Caleb. Ah, okay. Then that 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 is what she called him? Yeah. Okay. It, well, no, it was it whatever it was that Jessica said was a callback to what Teresa called Caleb. Yes. I, I think it was brain dead meat puppet. Okay. So yeah, something along those lines. And um Yeah, we go back out to Caleb, who's still He's hanging he's, a piss off the dock. <laughs> Caleb's uh, <laughs> so cool, fucking D-Gen. Um, and his drone is just sitting there floating 
off to the Just side. Hover in here. And I can't remember if he gets like kind of knocked or knocked by Teresa or if he just reacts to her like falling down on the deck or dock. Um, but whatever happens, he turns around. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And yeah, Teresa's there just bleeding profusely. Right. And um, what happens? Jessica. Jessica comes up behind her and just like the angle is like it's a super low angle and you just see Jessica's feet walk in and then she drops the scalp. Right. And that's when uh, the lady in front of me went, ugh. And I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> Just wait. Um, yeah, and so she... She uh, she, f- she doesn't f- float yet, right? She, she falls into the lake. <laughs> she, um, she goes up and she grabs the drone and shoves it into her own face. Did she do that already? I know she does that, but I didn't... Yeah, and, that, and then she falls into the water right after that. Okay. Okay, so she actually... First, I think she shoves Caleb in. No, because he... No, he, he doesn't go in. He jumps in after. So she... Yeah, okay. So she hits the, hits her safe... Hits herself in the face with a drone. She falls into the water. Caleb jumps in after her. And, you know, he pops up, you know, back over the surface, kind of like looking around for her. Then he gets pulled over, jaw, pulled under Jaws style. Uh, and then all this, you know cloud of blood starts mm-hmm. coming up to the surface and Teresa's just left there screaming on the dock um and this is when and his head lands on the dock comes out of the water and lands right. on the dock this is when Jessica starts floating up out of the water and is just hovering above the surface of the water surface of the water and then we get the title dude this title card is so sick looking yeah it's like like Evil Dead Rise and huge letters from like the top of the screen to the bottom float out from behind the trees, like the, the tree line, and just like take up the whole while she's standing there, like almost like is she crucified pose? No, she's just her arms, she's, out or her arms are at her side. Yeah, she's just floating there. Yeah, but she's just floating and it's it's so cool looking. And she's like it's it's like behind her, the Yeah. She's like in front of it. When I first saw that, because like that's that um image is in a lot of the marketing, and I was just like, Since when do deadites fly? And I was like Oh, since the first fucking movie. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> it's like the number one thing they do. God. They're always flying around all crazy like a pigeon. Um, okay, so then we jump to one day earlier. I got to say, when she jammed the drone into her face, I did not see that coming. I thought she was going to hit Caleb with Yeah, that's what I was waiting and for. She's yeah. like, Boy, and I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> But then it's like, no, that tracks. That's that's something. Yeah, I mean, we've said it. Would do. We've said it before with possession movies. That, you know, it's like driving a rental car with full insurance. Like yeah. you just fuck it. What do I care? It's not mine. Into the fucking ground. <laughs> that's right. Um. So yeah. So then we jump to uh, one day earlier, and I know this because it says one day earlier. One day earlier. It's very dramatic the way that it comes on screen. <laughs> well, like is. It, like wanting to leave you guessing for like a few seconds, like is it one day <laughs> later, one day earlier. Yes, one what? One what? oh one day, one day what? Is this later, early? Oh, earlier. Okay, Whew. okay. Now I know where we are. All right, everybody, everybody caught up. One day <laughs> earlier. Did you get it? Did you get it? Okay. Uh, we're in the bathroom of a club, like a, like a you know like a venue, like hall. a CBGB or something. Yeah, yeah, something very dirty and grungy. not a club. <laughs> no. 
Uh, but we are with uh, Beth, who uh, can't you hear me calling? Yeah, I like the song. That's that's where she got it. Because me and the boys are slaying. <laughs> um, she is uh, sitting in the bathroom, and you know, someone she works with comes pounding on the door. You know, we got to get you know such and such guitar ready. So we know that she is <laughs> the, the strat that he won arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so she's clearly a roadie of some sort. Specifically, she's a guitar tech or a groupie. If you ask her sister, right? Which is like, where do you like? How fucking like disrespectful is that? It's like it's not oh, incredibly disrespectful. It's not even close to a groupie. Yeah, like even saying roadie would be like offensive but less so like yeah. it's still technically correct but yeah it's like guitar tech is like that's, that's a skill it's, it's, a, it's a very highly sought after skill yeah. um did you notice when she's in the bathroom she looks at the back of the bathroom door and there's like a big painting or something of someone that had the top of their uh, skull was ripped off no i didn't catch that it's like a it's like a skull and i think it's got something in his mouth or something but like the top of the skull is ripped off and its brain is exposed. Huh. It's like, uh, it's like the, the, the scene like, like we just saw. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so she's, uh, you know, she's like, uh, you know, it's, it's over there right where I said it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, basically tells him to fuck off. And, um, then she pulls out a pregnancy test and pees on it. And like, that is not how you do it. That's how you make a fucking mess. You oh. know, you don't pee on the stick. You pee you, in a cup? You pee in a cup, and, put and you stick. put the stick in the cup. Oh. <laughs> on TV, they always pee right they on the stick. pee right on it. It's like you're going to get piss all over your hand. Oh, what does she care? It's not... Uh, all, I thought you were going to say all over the place, and I was going to say it's not her bathroom, but then you said all over her hand, and now I look like an idiot. Yeah. It, <laughs> you're, gonna get, you're supposed to piss on the applicator, on the very tip of it. It's like that big. You're not supposed to piss all over the thing, mm. or your hand. <laughs> and it's like... But it'd be easier. You just piss in your hand. Just cup your hand like this. <laughs> piss in your hand, and then you just wipe it around. Yeah, totally. And then just <laughs> do one of those. Wipe it off your pants. Yeah. You just walk around smelling like asparagus for this and that. No big deal. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> we don't see what's on the test. And also, that's another thing. She looks at the results right immediately. Away. Yep. The quickest one, five minutes. <laughs> like on the market, the fastest one, five minutes. Is that is that womb there it is? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, anyway, but she looks at it and you can tell by the look on her face that uh It's not good news. It's not good. I mean, judging by the character, what we know of her already, it's probably safe to assume that she was not wanting to be pregnant. Yes. So we can guess that that is probably what the case is. Yes. Um, it's never, or not never, but it, they don't actually say explicitly till later in the movie. Um, anyway, so she uh, goes to try and ease her mind, I guess, and she goes to visit her her sister, um, who she has been avoiding for months because she, apparently she's been traveling overseas. Uh, with with whatever band she works for, and um, 
so they're kind of estranged. You know, they're not on. They're not like warring with each other, but not really on the best of terms. Right. Um, but she goes back, and uh, we were introduced to Ellie, who's the older sister, um, played by Alyssa Sutherland, um, who I know from. She's. I know her from um, Vikings, mm. and I know she's been in a handful of other things that people might recognize her better for, but that's how I recognize her. Everybody else, I didn't, I didn't recognize them at all. Well, I mean, half the cast are kids, so. Right. <clears throat> anyway, so she goes to visit Ellie and her kids. Um, was it Beth? No. No. Uh, Bridget, Danny, and Cassie. Thank you. Um, all varying age. It's hard to tell how old Danny is. Um, I mean, we know Danny and Bridget are at least sixteen. Yeah, Danny drives, so it's yeah, it's fair to guess he's he's at least sixteen. Danny, yeah, he he told Bridget get your license, right? So she must be at least sixteen. Okay, yeah, that's fair to assume. And then Cassie is the youngest. She's yeah, and she's, maybe ten, eleven. Yeah, she's just a young girl. Yeah, she plays tiddlywinks. <laughs> <laughs> she's adorable. She's like, cute she kid, was yeah. so cute. Um, and uh, anyway, so Beth shows up, and Ellie is, um, you know, she's living living in a small apartment with three kids, so she's kind of, you know, just at ten all the time. <laughs> And so when Beth shows up, it's just like, okay, well, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, they kind of sit down and um, they uh, Ellie tells the kids to go off and get pizza, um, Henrietta's pizza, which was another uh, pretty, one of, one of the more blatant um, homages. homages. Uh, so they I find I, out. I'm pretty sure I was the only person in the theater who got that. Really? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so okay, we we find out that uh, the they live this building they live in. It's a high rise, like old high rise building. Um, and apparently, said it was a bank, but I'm guessing that probably just the ground floor was a bank. I'm, I'm like, I don't know why you would need a high rise bank. No. Um, but it was you know, however old. And we find out that it's actually getting torn down in, you know, a matter of a month, she says. A month, okay. Um, and uh, you know, she said, Okay, well, and so I'm, I'm packing and you know, we we gotta get out. We have nowhere to go as of right now, but we'll figure it out. And we know this is LA because when Beth is on her way there, they pass a car with a Lakers bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you wouldn't really know because it's fucking pissing rain. Yeah, and you like almost never see like a cityscape or anything. At any yeah, point in the you movie. get like kind of a glimpse of one. Yeah, like that same scene when she's driving to um, the the apartment. Yeah, but other than that, like they never really show L.A. at all. Yeah, uh, this was all f- I think is filmed in New Zealand. I, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um. Yep, principal photography took place in New Zealand. Yeah. Um. And I don't think there was a single person in this cast that was actually American. Oh, is that a fact? Yeah. I every, every single one of them, their their accents slipped a little bit. Lily Sullivan, Australian. Alyssa Sutherland, Australian. 
Morgan Davies, Australian. Australian? Okay. Yep. And uh, the other ones have Wikipedia pages. So. Um, yeah, I saw like a lot of Australian and um, uh, New Zealand uh, like TV and film credits. So, uh, yeah, and I think the Cassie is English, I think, mm. from London Town. Um, I can't remember what bridge it was. Anyway, so uh, the kids are on their way back from getting pizza, and they're down in the garage, and there's an earthquake because it's LA. Because it's LA. LA had earthquakes. Um, and this results in a big fucking hole opening up in the floor of the garage. And down beneath, we see, or Danny goes to check in, you know, inside the hole and see what's down there. And he finds what appears to be a big bank vault. Big vault, yeah. Being that it was a bank, stands to reason. Makes sense, yeah. So, ignoring Bridget's uh, demands for him to stay away, he jumps down into, into the hole and starts exploring. And, you know, he starts opening like old safety deposit boxes and, and all this shit. Um, and happens to just open a box with a bunch of bad stuff in it. <laughs> uh, one being old, like pictures of a bunch of, of priests. So there's a young priest and an old priest and, several and a black other. priest. <laughs> um, also digs out, uh, what we can easily discern as, uh, the Necronomicon. And which I mean, yeah, we when he pulls it out, it's like in a blanket, but it's it's clearly a book shape, and so obviously, since we know what the movie is, yeah, we yeah, we 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 remember what movie we're watching, yeah, um, and uh, and some old records, and some yeah, old records, and he's like a DJ, like an aspiring DJ, right. so of course he he's going to go for the records. You know, it's funny, something that was probably just not really caught in the in the storytelling. Or story, you know, in story writing part, or even a production, I guess. These records and everything were back were from nineteen twenty three, uh, and they're vinyl records. And vinyl records were invented in. Uh, well, I don't know when they were invented, but they weren't used widely until probably the fifties. Everything Good. else was wax. Good. <laughs> And they were 45s. They didn't have um, the, uh, shit, I forget what size they are, but it's the 72 um, records back then. So I don't think. I could be wrong. But I'm almost positive they did not have vinyl records in the 20s. <clears throat> anyway. The first vinyl record was launched in 1930. Okay, so there you go. Yep. <laughs> Just a little uh, continuity error. A little bit. I don't know. It's continuity. Not continuity. Yeah. It's a factual. Whatever. Yeah. And they actually say vinyl. You know, I want to hear that vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, you call records vinyls. That's true. But it's it's not a vinyl, and it's clearly a vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a wax record? I. They're like super thick, they're aren't thick. they? They're like yeah. thick, yeah. <clears throat> Because you got to have space to carve into it, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so they bring the 
the he brings the the stuff back into the apartment um, and uh, starts playing the records. Probably jump. I'm trying not to just. It, yeah, you don't, you don't want to just walk through everything. Yeah, so he starts playing the records and reading. You know, he and um, Bridget are like they kind of uncover the book and she's like, "Whoa!" And he tries to open it because it's clamped closed, like Taylor's saying with these these sharp teeth, you know, on either side, just clamped closed and can't get it open. But he he, he jabs himself on one of the teeth and and bleeds on the book. That's never really been a thing in previous movies, but you know. Different book. Why not? <laughs> um, so he so this is a series of three records, and he finds that he has to. So the when he bleeds on the book, it opens the the teeth on on open up, um, and he starts playing the record, and he finds that he has to change like a bunch of like speed settings, you know, um, to, and then he actually even has to like you know make it progress faster, you you know, spinning with his finger, which is. Not a DJ or you know a, a, a devout enough audiophile, but I'm pretty sure that's terrible for your for your needle, um, and a fucking hundred year old record. <laughs> but anyway, so he's playing it, and you know as the speed picks up, it's kind of and then it, you hear a priest saying, "Oh, um, I guess the first record is him saying it's it's a recording from some kind of meeting, conference or something, yeah." And he says, you know, I, Father, so-and-so, have discovered... Um, I, Father, Bruce Campbell. Uh, well, no, he was he was somebody in the audience. He was just one of the audience guys? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He says, you know, I, after exploration, I've discovered what I believe to be one of the, one of the volumes of uh, the Naturum de, uh, de, Monto. de Monto, or the Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Do you get it? <laughs> he also um, says, he even says in this that there's three volumes. Three volumes. So, what I was dodging until now, three volumes, there's the Raimi volume, there's the Alvarez. Alvarez volume, and this one. Yeah. Three different books that all exist in the same universe. And that makes sense why the book was different in each movie. Because mm-hmm. there are three different books. It's like Bruce was saying, like Army of Darkness, you saw three books. But they were all the same, so and one of them like bit his hand and flew away. <laughs> that was obviously this one, because this one has teeth. <laughs> um anyway, so that, that that's my theory, is that it, it's not explicitly said, but it fits. Th- yeah. Um and uh, you know, that's when we see we go outside and we see the demon cam start up again, and it com- comes rushing in. And see Ellie, Ellie was in the basement for something. I can't remember what it was. She's throwing something away. Something. Oh, it was her ex's stuff. That's right. Yeah, she's packing up all her ex's shit and and throwing it away. After the big earthquake, she didn't. She. she <laughs> So there was a big earthquake, and the kids come back up in the elevator. And she's like, "You just took the elevator after an earthquake." And then she takes, and then the, she elevator. takes the elevator. She like looks at the stairway, and she's like, "Nah, eh, fuck it." Um, and she takes this, the elevator down to the ground floor, and that's when the demon, you know, the 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 evil dead 
bur- bursts into the building and attacks her. And we get a very similar scene to what we've seen in, in, in past movies. There's no tree rape or anything Dude, like that. But I'll tell you, I thought one of those cables was going up there. <laughs> yeah. That's a little passe for nowadays, though, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it would go over well. Nah. But like, because all these, you know, cables start coming through the elevator and, you know, tying up her wrists and her ankles and stuff. And I pulled her legs apart and I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But what it does is like contorts her into like, it breaks her wrists and ankles. Yeah. um, And contorts her into this weird shape, which is. My (laughs) bonitis. That's what it looked like. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, and she just. Falls. I think you kind of skipped over the second. He and he goes to the second album, and it's he starts reading the book. Yes, sorry. Yes, I did. And so that's when he says the words. So yeah. So the first album is yeah. This priest, you know, saying I found this book, and you know, I I think with you know the the church's consent, we can start to translate it and figure out exactly you know what was written in these books. You know, they're bound by human flesh and, you know, written, written in, in human blood. blood. Um, and, yeah, this you can hear the crowd that he's speaking to. Rabble, rabble. Yeah, rabble, rabble, rabble. And then we hear, yeah, Bruce Campbell say, it's called the Book of the Dead for the re- for a reason. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, that's the first end of the first vinyl. Um, <laughs> the second one is him transcribing or, you know, you know Reading the book. Reading, yeah, he says, you know, I'm reading the Latin. Which, as we all know, never, never read, read the Latin. Latin. Um, but, yeah, so he says, you know, uh, the church is, you know, for, forbade me from, from doing this, but, you know, I'm doing this in secret. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so he starts doing the familiar the familiar words that we all know. Um Kept waiting for some Klaatu Barata Nikto, though. <laughs> what? But that's the the words to reverse it, I guess. That's yeah. I don't even know. Just to pick up the book is that what it's for? Oh no, because that was the those were the words to those are the words that Mister Pitt told him to <laughs> say. <laughs> that was Kanda Kanda blah 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 blah. Um. So yeah, Ellie, I think she falls down and she she looks dead, right? Like in the elevator. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, no, the power goes out. Yeah, and that's when Ellie comes back up, opens the door, but you just see her shadow. Right. She comes hobbling into the apartment, and you know. Nobody sees her come in, but they kind of hear the noise, and they basically just catch a glimpse of her walking into the kitchen where she fires up the burner. She's like, I'm going to make an omelet. <laughs> God damn it, I'm making omelets. God damn it, I'm eating pretzels. <laughs> but she just starts cracking eggs directly into the pan. Yeah, just throwing them. Just throwing eggs all. directly into the skillet. Can I get that calcium? I don't know. Whatever <laughs> eggshells are made of. Um and she starts talking about it's like you know I had this wonderful dream and I think this was actually in one of the commercials or trailers or something that so I had this wonderful dream where we were all together and I 
cut you all open and crawled inside you. It's like, mom. (laughs) Nice story. Took a little twist at the end there. (laughs) Started out good. Uh, And Beth is just like, you know, you you okay? And uh, she's not. We know she's not. Yeah, we know she's not. Um, She, uh, everybody runs out of the kitchen. I can't remember why. I can't remember exactly what happens. Um, I don't remember. I don't know. They're all in the kitchen. Well, actually, I guess only Beth is like in the kitchen. Yeah, the kids are kind of in the doorway. Yeah, maybe she just kind of backs them up or something. And Ellie kind of comes staggering out, I think, on all fours. And then she just starts spewing up all that foamy just white shit. so much. So much. It was like the scene from Team America. Um, and then she looks up and at Beth and says, "Don't let them take. Don't let it take them." Yeah. And then she just then passes falls out in their own vomit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, and that's what that's when she, shortly after she comes back. I mean, like they think, they think she's dead. Is this before or after the bath scene? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Because the bath scene's really good. It is really good. And it's got the line that everybody knows. Like, Fire Eggs already has a shirt of it when she says, Mommy's with the maggots now. Yeah. She t- so I think Beth runs, o- maybe Beth runs over to her, and she's like, she's hot to the touch. You know, she's, she's burning up. So they fill up the bath, throw her in there, and... Um, they're just kind of sitting by the bath, and suddenly she jumps up out of the water and sticks to the ceiling, like goddamn. Yeah, she's like up in the corner. Yeah, like a goddamn Spider-Man or something. Like a Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's clearly not the Spider-Man. Because <laughs> where's her mask? Right. Right. Well, yeah, she's not wearing a mask, so you don't know. She might be Spider-Man. Maybe that was another Sam Raimi homage. <laughs> Uh, and she just goes, like oh, Steven yeah. Tyler and, uh, <laughs> and you know, so loud that it's, um, you know, it actually starts to make the water in the, in the tub boil. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're all covering their ears and I think she falls back down into the water. Yeah, she just goes stiff and just falls <laughs> right in the tub. She pokes her head back up and. Yeah, uh, Cassie is on it. Yeah, Cassie says, "Your mommy, are you okay?" And she's looking at her. Yeah, you know, mommy's with the maggots now. It's like, ooh, ooh, that's the money line. That that hurts. That <laughs> hurts. Um, but anyway, so I, I don't want to. She also, while she's on the ceiling, she says, "We'll swallow your soul." Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's this is a very contained film. I mean, very similar to the original. Evil Dead, mm-hmm. uh, where it's all takes. It's on a cabin. It's a it's an apartment, and it all takes with mostly takes place within this apartment. So, yeah, the elevator obviously is broken because, um, like I said, the power went out, and the the stairs also collapsed. Yeah, which felt very akin to like the bridge being. Yeah. Um. There are some other neighbors. This this building seems to be mostly deserted. There are so there's, um. This family, there's a family of what looks like maybe three brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then an, an old man lives down the lives down the hall. Bruce, <clears throat> and Bruce uh, cat is up in the, right in the uh, vents. Um, yeah, and so it's like they they are doing whatever they can to to basically stay alive because they're they're trapped in this confined space with with you know their with Beth's undead sister. Yeah. Um what's really interesting is that, like they I mean you can see this in the trailer they get Ellie out of the apartment. And so a lot of the movie takes place with her in the hallway and a lot of it is just filmed like through the people. Mhm. That that was probably one of the creepiest parts of the movie. It was. Yeah, cuz there's like blood on the people and stuff. And those fucking contacts she was wearing. God damn, those are creepy. Yeah, though. they were. And I mean the makeup on her, it's like overall not a lot to it, but it worked so well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to keep just running down the the the, the plot, but I mean that's kind of the long and short of it. Um, I will say that uh, nobody in this movie is safe. Which I mean, well, I, I guess yeah. There, there's no Ash. Like, there's no hero. No. Well, I mean, the closest thing you're the gonna get thing is, is Beth. Beth. Sure. But, but I mean I'm saying you've got let's say for for argument's sake you have five kids in this movie and some of them go and die. Mm-hmm. I I won't tell you which ones, I won't tell you how many. I will say that, that I mean when I say nobody is safe, that's what I mean. Everybody's a target here, everybody gets something. You know, something happens to pretty much everyone in this movie. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, it's definitely an evil dead movie. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, you know, plenty of, I mean, there's, there, you get your, uh, obligatory, you know, blood fountain, um, two of them actually. Well, not so much. The first one's just, it's more of a shining type thing. Yes. (laughs) Um, but, uh. Yeah, and then yeah, you get your just your your gratuitous blood. Uh, you get your 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 chainsaw payoff at the end. Yep. Um, but when we were texting about this last night, there's no delta. There is no delta. There's several scenes where they go down into like the parking garage, and every time they went down there, I'm looking at every car in the background. I'm going, one of these is going to be the delta. Yeah. Never. Yeah, the delta. If you're not familiar with what we're talking about, um, Sam Raimi has, what is it, 70? 76? Huh? 76? 78. I think it's 78. Uh, yeah, but I was going to say 78 or 79. 78 Delta, uh, Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile Delta, which was like, I think he was, his, his car out of college. And he had put it in every single film that he had made his entire career. Mm-hmm. It was in every Evil Dead movie. Every it Spider-Man in, movie. Yeah, it was in Dark Man. It was Doctor in, Strange. Doctor Strange. Uh, it was even in Fide Alvarez's Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. It was not in this one, right. yeah, which is a first. This was like the first Sam Raimi movie that didn't have the Delta. Yeah. Apparently, the payoff for that was that the chainsaw was painted the same color. That's, that's, which that's is not, dumb. That's not a thing. That's that's Stupid. not an homage. Uh, the closest thing you get to an actual Delta is that. Ellie drives a Buick station wagon. 
I don't understand why you couldn't just have it in the background of of, of one of those garages. It was scenes. in the garage, yeah. Or I mean, there was a garage scene. You could have just had the be one of the cars. For yeah. Christ's sake. Maybe you didn't want to have it transported to to um fucking. It was even in Briscoe County. Was it or not Briscoe County? Oh yes, um, they made it into a wagon. Yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't literally on screen, but it 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 was there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. And like I don't know why. Unless it's just dead. Well, maybe it is, but it's still there. I can't imagine it's it's a legacy piece. I mean, I can't I can't imagine he just like sold it or junked it. Shit, fucking digitize it in, CGI sure. it in. Fuck, that's what it was. It was CGI'd in in fucking uh, Doctor Strange. It was floating in midair. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, I mean that car's been through a lot, but uh, it uh. You know, it's always showed up, and so it was. Yeah, it was just kind of like a little treat that Sam Raimi fans kind of get in, in mm-hmm. all his movies, and it was just not there. So I was, I was kind of a letdown. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this wasn't a Raimi film, but like I said, it was in Alvarez's, movie. right? Whatever. Um. Yeah, yeah. Besides from, um. Actually, wait. I said she drives a Buick, but no, it's, it's an Oldsmobile. The Delta's an Oldsmobile. Took her down in the back of my dad's Oldsmobile. But her car is a Buick, or it's an Oldsmobile? Uh, hold on. I am confusing myself. Oldsmobile, yeah, okay. It is an, it's an Oldsmobile Delta, which I knew in the back of my head. I don't know why I was thinking Buick, but... And her car is a Buick. Yeah, it's a Buick. So it's so not related it's at not, all. That's no. <laughs> nothing. No. <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's even more disappointing then. Yeah. It's like okay, it's a reference, but it's you know, it's a stretch, but it's still there. But it's not. Uh, let's see, uh, Evil Dead, Crime Wave, Evil Dead Two, Dark Man, Army of Darkness, A Simple Plan, The Gift. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, Drag Me to Hell, Evil Dead 2013, and Doctor Strange. I guess, did I say Darkman? You did say Darkman, Okay. Say I know it was a Darkman. Anyway. Um, This one uh, is a a little more schlocky. Than uh, Alvarez's, not a lot. Like it's not it's not Evil Dead Two schlocky, or sure. even really Evil Dead sh- uh, One schlocky. But it does have a little. There's a couple kind of goofy moments, which I th- appreciated. I felt like it was a, a good kind of throwback. Um, specifically, like there's a part where Ellie eats, bites someone's eyeball out, and then spits it into someone else's mouth. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty goofy. Well, it doesn't... That Well, not that exact thing, but that happens in Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like when uh, Ash and what, fucking Cletus, whatever his name was, 
trying to get Henrietta back down into the basement. She smashes her head and her eye pops out and it shoots into Bobby Joe's fi- uh, mouth. Yeah. She doesn't choke on it, but. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. The, like, I don't know if that was supposed to be a direct homage or if they were just kind of, you know, paying tribute to the, the schlockiness of it. But like there's, so some of the homages, there's the Henrietta's Pizza we talked about, uh, the Swallow Your Soul line, uh, Come Get Some is said. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I know there's probably more, but. Uh, Bruce. Sure. The Chainsaw. Um, and of all the homages in the movie, it's probably the dumbest. It almost seems like like if you're going to make an Evil Dead movie, you have to have a chainsaw. Like That's part of the Bible. Oh, yeah. It's similar to how Jason always manages to find a machete. <laughs> right. You just have to have it there. Um, oh, and also I was pointing this out to you earlier that all the characters are actually named after actors from previous movies. Yeah, you mentioned that. I didn't mention it on the po- on here. You didn't? No, we just talked about it before we started recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, there was also um, a lot of Dutch angles that I noticed. Oh, and the fucking split focus. Did you notice how many times they did split focus? Yes. Well, I mean, not consciously, but now that you're saying something, yes. There was at least nine times they did split focus. You counted them? Yes, because after three, I was like, that's a lot. Like, three is a lot for a movie. And then it kept happening. So I was just like, all right, now I'm keeping track. Yeah. That, that, that's a very Raimi thing. Like, I don't think he... He didn't really... I mean, it's not he created it. He didn't create it, but that he became very popular for using that kind of shot. Yeah. <laughs> or a combination of shots, I guess. I thought it was too much in this. The the split focus. I thought it was too many times. Nine was too many, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even notice them consciously, I guess. But so I. It's one of those things that I don't know. I just always notice. Fair. I mean, I guess I probably acknowledged it when it was going on, but didn't really commit it to memory. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, yeah, um, something that Raimi, like I said, is notorious for and um, happened a lot in this one. Same as the other Evil Dead movies, a lot of Dutch angles, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's not, again, it's not a, a, a Raimi exclusive thing, but something he was very, he still is very popular for. It kind of inhibits, or not inhibits, um, exerts, uh, Unease. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the Dutch angle, basically all it is, turn the uh, the camera at like 20, 45 degrees. Degree yeah. Because um, it's just, you know, the way it makes the room or it makes the shot uneasy and, and you know, your, your brain kind of processes that differently. Anyway. Um, you do get a new kind of deadite in this one, too. How so? At the end? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something that both Alvarez's and this have given us 
new creatures. You know, in the original movies, we were, I mean, let, let's take out Army of Darkness because not even Raimi really considers that part of the, the timeline anymore. <laughs> so let's just think about Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. It's just deadites. Just possessed people. Yeah. This <clears throat> this and uh, Alvarez's movie both have creatures that we've never seen before in that Alvarez's movie had some kind of like um, doppelganger demon thing. Right. Um, which that had Mia's face. Um, and this one had, I won't tell you what it is, but probably the most disturbing thing. <laughs> Uh, I although I think it could have been more disturbing. I think they could have made it worse. I, I'm sure they could have, yeah. <laughs> and by worse, I mean better. <laughs> it was still cool, but you know. Um, but yeah, that just again lends example to uh, you know three volumes of the the Necronomicon. So in the in Alvarez's it was called the Abomination. I knew it had a name. I couldn't remember it. Mm, yes. Anyway, uh, yeah. Do you have anything else to to talk about? Um, I liked this a lot. Um, and I feel like I'm okay with more Evil Dead movies. I liked it not as much as Alvarez's. So care to guess what we gave Alvarez's movie? <sighs> it was our first episode, so I can't imagine it was very good. We were very weird with our ratings early. Uh, a five and a six. Did we really? Yep. I do think part of it was that we were watching it as a remake and yeah. also, it was our first episode, and we had no idea what the fuck we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, we did uh, a while, several years ago, we did a, an episode where we took two movies that we felt like we were outside the consensus view, like where we, you know, a movie that was widely liked, we rated it poorly, and a movie that was widely not liked, and we rated it highly. We watched them again. I think we could probably stand to do another one of those and maybe throw Evil Dead in there. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Because, <clears throat> yeah, when I rewatch it now, I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. it's. I also remember I, watching this one. I remember thinking, this isn't as mean-spirited as Alvarez's. You know, like, Alvarez's was just, like, brutal to watch. You, you mean, like, like, you know, having people, like, getting stabbed in the eye with a needle and stuff. Or, like, Mia splitting her tongue with a straight razor. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, stuff that's just, it's just aggressive. Right. And so it's, like, <clears throat> it's just mean to the audience. And this one, <laughs> I just thought, like, this isn't like that. And then the third act happened, and I was like, never mind. It's kind, it's kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, see, that kind of shit, that's why I love the uh, the the... Alvarez's movie, that, that, that kind of shit. That's why I love it. It's yeah, I'm, I'm people into, like us. We're, I'm into we're that sickos, shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, you've probably heard 
the cheese grater scene mentioned. Mm, You may not know what it is. Um, I'm here to tell you it's, it's not that gory, but man, does it look like it hurts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about uh, a cheese grater and somebody's body, it's probably not going to be good. You can put two and two together. Yeah. You may not know exactly what body part or what exactly happens, but I'll tell you, it it doesn't look pleasant. Yeah, not uh, not too good. It's funny that it's probably like one of the least gory scenes in the movie, but it's probably it's probably the part where I went, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah ouch. Um. All right, man. I I wish we hadn't have uh, rated. The Alvarez movie so poorly. Oh, we were in our 20s. What do we know? <laughs> we were young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> well, I'm still two of those things. You're not young. You're old, no. and, old and dumb and dried out. <laughs> You're an old, dry grandpa, man. You're just coming dust. <laughs> That's what mummy dust is. <laughs> um, is that everything? Did you have anything else? I no, I think that's all I got. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, I I I like this quite a bit. Um, not as much as Alvarez's movie though, which is fine. I don't I don't necessarily need to compare them because right. they're two different movies. Um. <clears throat> But I mean, if you can continue, if, if you know, if Cronin's involved with this, yeah, with movie, movies going forward, um, and can t- continue to make them of this caliber, then I'd say the Evil Dead franchise is in good hands. Um, yeah, he did say that he has four ideas for sequels. Right. I mean, based on what when we were talking in horror business about what you know uh, what Bruce was saying. Um, kind of opening it up to new directors. I don't know if their plan is to kind of franchise it out. <laughs> That's kind of how it sounded. Which I think is maybe not a great idea. Because, well, I don't know. It could be hit, hit or miss, I guess. But if you're trying to tie it all back into one. Because I think it's something like, like Star Wars. You know, Star Wars universe has expanded so much into two you know, in different storylines and you have different creators and writers and, and directors working on them i mean with, with some overlap obviously but <clears throat> you know, you've got all these different storylines from different creative minds that are you know varying in their success you know the same thing could happen to evil dead but it's a little more difficult because you're talking about movies rather than like tv shows yeah um, but you know, if you've only got three books, then there's got to be. Eventually, we have to see the original Necronomicon, right? You'd think <laughs> at yeah. some like point. At, at this point, it seemingly we've opened all three books. Yeah. So either you got to go back to Alvarez's story, or you got to continue Cronin's story, or somehow you got to. I mean, Bruce says he's never going to play Ash again, but I don't know. That's that's fine. I mean. But that that doesn't mean you can't continue that story. That's true. Bring back the fucking uh, ghost beaters. Fucking A. Have, make a movie with Pablo and Kelly. Fucking A. 
So I said, fucking A. Um, anyway, so uh, I'm just going to kind of set aside my rating for, for uh, the Alvarez movie because I feel like it's really... Yeah, we a, fucked a up. Poor choice on that one. <laughs> um, I'll give this... Uh, an eight. I also will give it an eight. Hard eight. That's what they call me. No, nobody calls you that. <laughs> five point one five inches. <laughs> All right. Uh, we now head east <clears throat> to the uh the windy little city of Chicago. They call it. Yep. Breezy town. And the smallest windy city on earth. Formerly known as the Window City. Uh, and talk about Poltergeist 3. Want to help me make breakfast? Yeah, I'd love to. Come on. Okay, we got eggs, sausage, bacon. What'll it be? Toastums. Oh, no. I cook, you set the table. How's Carol Ann? I don't know. How would you feel if some quack? told you you had supernatural powers. How do you feel deep down inside? One word. I don't know. Well, lonely maybe. You will awaken. One, two, three. All right. So uh, we we start out with the one and only Carol Ann in her her last appearance. Um, um, Heather O'Rourke sadly died not long after this movie came out actually i think before this movie came out i think it's not long after filming uh i, I don't know but probably i mean that's that's within reason yeah yeah uh so carol ann has gone to oh, live yeah four months before its release damn and you know it, there's the poltergeist curse that everyone talks about and this movie seemed to go uh have a lot of problems with it as well Obviously, you know, oh, that, that being sucked. paramount. 
Yeah, I'm sure she died because the movie was so bad, Tony. No, she died from sepsis, actually. <laughs> but so Carol Ann has gone to live with her uh, Uncle Tom Skerritt and her Aunt Trish Pat. Her Aunt Trish, who wants to be called Pat for some reason that's never explained. Uh, oh, Patricia. Okay. Why is that a story point? I don't know. <laughs> I know uh, my wife had a similar situation in her family. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing to include. Because like it has, there's no point to it. Um, anyway. Maybe just setting up the fact that Pat is kind of uh, pretentious. She's de classe. <laughs> That's why she wants to change her name because she thinks Trish is de classe. I would rather go by Trish. I mean, I'm not a woman, but like I, I don't have a, a femme name. <laughs> but I think you if, could if it was with an I. Huh? You could if it was with an I. Yeah, which many people have spelled my name that way. Yes. Um, but if my name was Patricia, I'm lucky. There's no girl's name Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, my girlfriend told me that the seats behind her for the Taylor Swift concert are on StubHub for $2,000. So she's like, how much do I really want to (laughs) go? Yeah, I still have my wife's tickets like in my Ticketmaster account. So (laughs) it's like like, selling for $2,000 to buy her something better. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, do you want to go to Taylor Swift or do you want to go like on a vacation? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is yours. Go. Oh, you were talking about you wanted to go by Trish. <laughs> right. Well, I just, I feel like Trish sounds more, I don't know, classy, I guess, than Pat. It, like, I think Pat and I think of SNL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time for androgyny. It's Pat. Yeah, so she's living with Tom Skerritt and Pat uh, and her cousin, Laura Flynn Boyle, uh, Donna. Clearly, uh, this was her same character from Twin Peaks. Same name. (laughs) She's like, I just want to be Donna from now on. It's easier for me. It's like, but the character's name is Stephanie. (laughs) 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 And Trish is played by Nancy Allen, of course, from RoboCop. Of course. Um, This was two years before Twin Peaks, but. Uh, yeah, basically, Carol Ann's parents were just like, I can't fucking take this anymore. <laughs> Get her out of our fucking lives. Sent her to Chicago. She That's lives. a very Craig T. Nelson thing to do. Craig T. Nelson. That's true. That and not paying taxes. Um, <laughs> she lives like, obviously, you know, since this is the high rise horror episode, they live in a high rise ab- above a mall. Right? Yes. <laughs> but I, I guess that's what's going on. I don't know. Yeah. I I will be forthcoming in saying that I paid so little attention to this movie. <laughs> uh spoiler alert, this is the worst movie of the entire <laughs> franchise. That's including the remake. This is definitely worse than the remake. <laughs> Which, honestly, the remake wasn't even that bad. People are bitching about it for no reason. Yeah. Um, the the Poltergeist franchise is so funny to me that they took the Beast, who is this, like, demon, ghost, 
ghoul thing. And they were like, what if it was a person? <laughs> yeah. And, and They're like, we need a, like, a strong antagonist for the rest of the franchise. Yeah, and turned it into Kane. Yeah, exactly. And like, do you think Spielberg was like, franchise? <laughs> anyway, um, Carol Ann sees this creepy old um, window washer. And I don't mean creepy in like a Reverend Kane way. More creepy in a like that guy wants to touch her kind of way. Because <laughs> he's just like, you know, he like, you know, he's squeegeeing down the windows and he waves at her and she waves back and it's all kind of cute. And then he, as he's going down to the next level, he's just staring at her. <laughs> like, I'd be, statue. I'd be going like, <laughs> okay, bye. But he's just like staring at her the whole way down and then waves again. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Scarrett is going to work. He works for the building management company that runs this high rise. Wasn't he like the designer or something? I think he's a designer. He's just like a manager. Oh, okay. I don't know. They everybody was treating him like he was hot shit. So I thought he's well. Yeah, he's definitely like a head honcho of some kind. Right. But so he's going to work, and as he's going in the elevator, there's there's so many mirrors in this movie, like. Carol Ann's whole so Carol Ann's whole wall is mirrors. Mm-hmm. Even her her door to her room, the backside is a mirror. Which, when Tom Scarrett first came out, I was like, "Why was he in her closet?" <laughs> it looked like a closet door. Yeah. Or I guess it was it was Pat that came out first. But as he's going in the elevator, um, big cracks start forming in the mirrors. And so, like, he gets to his office, and the maintenance guy comes out, and he's like, "Hey." You know, there, I gotta, there's something I got to show you. And so he shows it to him and he's just like, oh, well, you know, crack in the mirror. What are you going to do? And he's like, yeah, but it's every floor. And also it's cold. It's freezing cold, apparently, in this entire building. Right. And it's like. It's. So, I mean, it's Chicago, which gets like fucking bitterly cold, um, but it's not winter. It's like. I don't know, spring, I guess. Right. Yeah, like, Carol Ann's all, like, bundled up. And she's like, I'm from L.A. This is how we dress, or whatever. She's not wrong. Um, (laughs) But then they go outside, and Donna is just like, it is really hot out here. Right. Uh, Let's see. Carol Ann goes to this school for gifted children. And this uh, professor, Dr. Seton is convinced that she has some kind of like power of persuasion over people and that she's able to just convince people of anything she says. Like this guy. <laughs> it's like the casting director. Can't like must have gone to the direct like Jer- Gary Sherman. That's What's who the, plays Seaton? No, that's, that's the, the director. casting director. Oh, the director, yeah. Okay. Whoever the casting director must have must must have gone to Gary Sherman, say, hey, look, for Seton, I want to go in a different direction. What if we just got the worst fucking actor possible? <laughs> this guy is somehow stiff and an overactor at the same time. Yeah. I think it's more like they were like, I want like a Richard Dreyfus type. Yeah. And the guy was like, well, I have a cousin. <laughs> 
He's never acted before. <laughs> it's almost as if this guy forgot that he was on camera. Like he thought he was just reading his lines. Like, like maybe it was just audio. Forgot that he was actually had to act, you know? Because, yeah, like if you were just close your eyes and listen to him talk, it probably sounds fine. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> it's like the worst is when he's he's talking to like three of his peers and they're all like very casual very kind of, you know, standard, natural, natural <laughs> way of talking, natural cadence. And he's like, oh, yes, but here is the thing. <laughs> Let me tell you about what she does. And it's like, dude, this isn't a fucking infomercial. Like, <laughs> yeah, this concept that he comes up with, too, about Carol Ann. My God. So dumb. Is This is a man of science. <laughs> <laughs> he basically believes that she can hypnotize people to see, hear, and do things that she wants them to do. By doing, no- like, nothing. She's doing nothing other than sitting there. Yeah. Um, there's a part where he is talking to her in his office, and she's looking in the mirror. Everything that happens in this movie, all the, the dark, spooky stuff happens in mirrors. Yeah. Which is a cool concept. <laughs> concept. In theory. <laughs> um, in theory, communism works. But she's looking in the mirror and she's like, no, no, no. And he looks in the mirror and he sees this hand come through his desk. It's like this corpse hand. Grab his coffee mug. And he like he turns around and he looks and the mug is sitting on the table. But in the mirror, this hand takes the mug and throws it at the mirror. And the mirror shatters. Mm-hmm. And like his three peers that were standing behind the mirror are just like. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> you fools. Yeah, he's like, she tricked me. Into thinking that he threw the mug and tricked you into shattering the mirror. And they're like, what? Like, how much money are we giving this guy? But no, they're like, oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it checks out. Mm. And yeah, just throughout the whole movie, he's just like, oh, she's tricking you too. This whole fucking movie is so goddamn stupid. <laughs> Like the whole concept of the movie is dumb. The, the, like the 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 core plot of it is fucking terrible. Yep. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. It's like a piece of fruit that is rotten from like the outside all the way in. <laughs> but so Carol Ann starts seeing Kane in the mirror repeatedly, and meanwhile, Tangina, <laughs> Orangina. Tangina is so much funner to say than Tangina. So I'm, I'm going to call her Tangina. Didn't she say Tangina? Or no, somebody said Tangina. It's didn't Tangina. They? But didn't they say Tangina? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I was just hearing that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, Zelda Rubenstein from the first two movies. Was she always this bad? Or is she just like acting down to this movie? She. I would say she's about on par with where she was but i think that just the script is worse fucking christ she's sitting there pouring tea and just starts pouring tea everywhere and the little old lady that she's with is just like um hey what are you doing and she's just like he found her what the fuck tangy <laughs> she's like he found her and then runs away and the other one's like so i guess i'm paying for tea <laughs> But she has some kind of like psychic connection to Carol Ann through this p- piece of 
sapphire or whatever that she has that she wears around her neck. It was given to her by some man who walks among the spirits. Yeah, it's basically like a medicine man or something. Yeah. That <laughs> fucking um, Seton is just like, I don't remember what he says. He's, Did you get that from one of your peers or something stupid like that? <sighs> Like, I'm sensing your snark, but it's not very good. Yeah. Bad snark. Um, there's some cool effects in this. Like, there's a part where, it's around this time in the movie, where Carol Ann sees herself in the mirror, but she, like, looks different. She looks older. Like, she looks like an old person, like Benjamin Button, like an old person, like an old face on a, on a child. Yeah. And so she goes up and she, like, puts her hands on the mirror, and these fingers come through the mirror. And like, you know, interlock her fingers. And it's really clean. It's a really clean effect. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, the mirror effects in this are pretty solid. Yeah. And because then it's like, not just that, but it actually like lifts her up off the ground. Yeah. And so usually you'd think you would like see a seam in the mirror or something where they did that. But I don't, I don't know how they did it, but it's real clean. And then somewhere off in the ether, wherever Tangina is, she's like, break the mirror, break the mirror. She was so, like, I haven't seen the original Poltergeist in I don't know how long. Um, so I only remember, like, an overall, I have, like, an overall memory of it. I can't remember specific scenes all that well. Um, but I just, I cannot remember Zelda Rubenstein being so bad in that one. Not, I mean, her acting. I mean, the dialogue, sure, that's not her fault. But the acting and her fucking accent was so bad. <laughs> um, I, I think that's just her. <laughs> but yeah, so Carol Ann shatters the mirror. Um, not really a lot happens. Um, it's just kind of a lot of people going about their day and then weird things happening in the mirror. Yeah. Um, like there's a part where Tom Skerritt and Pat walk down the hallway and it's like all the doors to the apartments are on one side and there's just a mirror on the other side. And as they're walking in the mirror, each door opens and Kane sticks his head out. Yeah. And then there's... But another... it's not Julian Beck because he died like a few years before this movie. Yeah, it's, it's a completely different actor. Who looks nothing like him. Looks nothing like him. And it's not as creepy. No. This guy is a little bit cuter. He's like kind of a cute old man. <laughs> I mean, he's wearing a mask. Like, I think they tried to make him look like Julian Beck. But, uh, no. <laughs> and then there's another scene where Donna walks down the same hallway. And as she's walking down, Kane is already sticking his head out the door. And then he slams each door. Yep. Uh, finally, Tangina comes along. And, you know, she tells, because Tom Skerritt says that he, he believes Seton. He thinks that Carol Ann's just all fucked up because of her parents took her to all these, um, what's he say? Weird psychics and medicine men or something like that. And so when Tangina arrives, she's like, I'm one of the weird psychics. Yeah. Um, actually, when she sh first shows up, Carol Ann is like bursting through her bedroom door. It's like the door is, you know, bending and bowing like a balloon. And she like comes out and Pat and Tom Skerritt are grabbing her, trying to pull her back. And Tangina's just like, let her go. And then 
Um, she's like, that, that's not Carol Ann. You're looking at, again, it's like the Benjamin Button face, it's the old man face. Damn you. <laughs> I'll have my revenge. Do, to do, to do. Um, Carol Ann gets taken by Kane. Um, I guess before that, uh, Donna and she, she goes to this party down the hall and it's like super lame. So they decide they're all going to go break into the pool because she has her dad's keys. Yeah. So they go to the pool and uh, then they go to the little grocery store and steal some Coors Light and Coca-Cola classic. <laughs> <laughs> when he was carrying it back, I was like, Coke, is that fucking Coke classic? <laughs> Also, you had a whole grocery store and you took Coors? <laughs> but they uh, they disappear. I don't really remember what happens. How they disappear. Um, fuck. Uh, oh, it's, it's like in my brain and I'm trying to dig it out. Oh! Caroline is in the garage. And they go and they find her. She gets pulled through a puddle. That's right. Which is another cool effect. She's just like standing in this puddle. And then all of a sudden she just gets yanked down. And the, But the puddle doesn't go down. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're trying to pull her. And they actually get pulled through. But then they come back out through the pool, which has frozen over. And Scott comes out and he's just covered in spookum. <laughs> Way he hops out and he's just like, sk- like skittering all over the place. <laughs> Like he doesn't know. Like I mean, he's obviously disoriented, but just the way he's just like, oh, oh, and he's like all frozen in place. It was just, it was hilarious. Like he kind of looks like probably, he's like probably wasn't supposed to be, but he, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> he kind of looks like he's covered in cotton candy, like from Killer Clowns or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. Spoiler alert: Turns out Donna and this guy Scott are actually doppelgangers sent by Kane, but that really never comes to fruition. Doppelgangers. Um, Dino gangers. <laughs> Cause like Scott like rips off part of her face and you just see like that gray skin from like the, the hand was. Yeah. And then they walk away and they're like, ha ha They think that's really her talking about Carol Ann. And that's the last time you see them in this movie. <laughs> Is it? I mean, well, you see Donna again at the end when Pat pulls him out of the other side, which apparently is what that's called. It doesn't ever, I don't think they ever say that in this movie, but, but you never see Scott again. <laughs> So theoretically, there's still this zombie Scott wandering around Chicago somewhere. Well, fuck. Just skittering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the way that, like, like they're they're standing in the hallway and they're just, like, you know, exchanging these these passionate looks. And then he he reaches up to caress her face and then pulls her cheek off. It's like, what was the point of that? (laughs) Is that, like, some fucking, like, other side zombie foreplay or something? (laughs) He was just checking to make sure it was actually making sure it wasn't <laughs> sure. wasn't the real Donna. But so I'm they gonna pull your fucking face off so hard. <laughs> yeah, pull that face off. But so they see Carol Ann in the mirror in one of the mirrors in the hallway, and Tangina's just like, you know, come come to us, come through the mirror. And Tom scared is just like, I'm gonna, that's enough of this bullshit. I'm going in. <laughs> Tries to grab her, and the Carol Ann in the mirror grabs Tangina. 
and just immediately turns her into like a crusty old mummy. Yeah. And so she falls down dead. And then that's when Donna bursts out of her fucking corpse. Just rips her corpse. It's like this arm just comes through her face. <laughs> yeah, that was probably uh, the best effect in this movie. You think so? Well, I mean, not not technically speaking, just like as far as entertainment value. Oh, yes, <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so then it starts to get weird. <laughs> it starts right. to get weird. That's right. It's not weird yet. Uh, I don't remember how it t- Scarrett and Pat get locked in like a cooler. Or was it just a like a closet that was frozen? Because everything's frozen at one point. God, I don't remember. I, don't, I remember, but they get locked in this room, and then all of a sudden, all this water starts coming, is it coming from the ceiling or the floor. I think it might be coming from the floor and going up the wall. But Tangina like bursts through the water and hands over her. her... She's just like floating on top of the water. Yeah, it, I mean it's. Clear how they did this effect, right? But they, they tried to like you know turn it upside down or something to make it look like she was magic. <laughs> oh, magic! <laughs> but she hands Scarrett her sapphire necklace and just says, "Outside in, outside in." And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. That's nothing. Even when you find out what it means, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make Stupid. any fucking sense. Because I'll tell you what it means is that you have to go outside the building and then come in. And somehow this does something. What? I don't know, because she still goes in the room, goes into Carol Ann's room like like normal, and then like has a showdown with Kane. But there was a part earlier where Tangina says that as long as someone in this realm loves somebody, they can't be lost to the other side forever. Stupid. So Pat has to prove her love to Carol Ann because she kept saying throughout the movie that's like this little fucking brat. We're gonna get rid of her. It's like, her niece. Yeah, <laughs> and and fucking Scarrett's the one trying to talk her into keeping her. Yeah, but yeah. She's just like we're gonna get rid of this little brat because she apparently believes everything Seaton says. Yeah. Um, as ridiculous as it is, but so yeah, she like. Proves her love for Carol Ann, and then Tangina is just like, tells Kane, you know, I can take you into the light. I can show you how. Yeah, that's the whole thing. He wants I, to go into the light. Yeah, yeah, and he thinks he needs Carol Ann to do it. Because Carol Ann was born in the house, is what she says. It's dumb. So since Carol Ann was born in the house from the first movie, she's the only one that can show them the light. That's dumb. It is dumb. It's it is so dumb. dumb. So dumb. <laughs> but yeah, so Oh, no. Oh no, your headphones and also my headphones. Anything. Me neither. Oh really? You unplugged it, I think. Shit. Uh, but so Tangina says, you know, I can take you into the light, and so takes his hand, and I don't. Does he go to heaven? What is? What is the, I mean, is he in purgatory? Is that the whole thing? I don't. Um. But yeah, so he goes into the light, and uh, then Donna and. Carol Ann and Tom Skerritt, whose name is Bruce, by the way, just to, you know, tie into the other movie. They all come out through the mirror and everybody hugs. And uh, and then we see the building is all lit up and it gets struck by lightning and we hear Kane laugh. And then that's the end. That's the end of the whole franchise. That is the end of the franchise because uh, because um, Heather O'Rourke died. They didn't yeah. want to recast Carol Ann, I guess, but 
Well, also, this movie was so unbelievably bad. <laughs> uh, box office fourteen point one million on a budget of nine point five. So I mean, it's nut. I guess. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert gave the film two thumbs down on their weekly syndicated show. They were both annoyed by how frequently the film's characters cry out to each other's names, particularly Carol Ann. You know, it's funny because I almost turned the movie off for that exact reason. Really? <laughs> yes. I was like, I, especially when fucking Tangina was saying it. I couldn't fucking stand it. Carol Ann! Diane! 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 Um, so I don't think Carol Ann had a lot of screen time in the original, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, if I've seen the second one, I don't really remember it. But you haven't seen the second one? I don't know if I have. But, uh, Heather O'Rourke is chewing some scenery in this one. <laughs> oh, big time. Um, yeah, like her and Seton and um, like fucking everybody in this movie is like so over the top cheese ball. Yeah, honestly, I think I feel like uh, Tom Skerritt was the only one that was really like. I think Laura Flynn Boyle was okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. But even Nancy Allen, who I think is a good actress, yeah, fucking hammered it up like hell too. So I mean, the uh, the inclination is to blame the director. I don't know anything about that, but that's um, Gary Sherman. That's I know that name. What else has he done? Oh, Deathline and Dead and Buried. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't either. I don't know. It's not good. No, it's this is definitely the worst of the th- of the series. Um, <laughs> like I'm so irritated watching it because <laughs> I I think I've probably seen this movie like once before, and I think I know why. <laughs> Um, I just <laughs> I was just so bothered by the entire movie because like everything about it was bad. And it's like, why, why, why would you make this movie? And like, you're sitting in the editing room and not realizing how bad it is. It's just like where you're just like, oh, I mean, it's done now. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, you can't really blame the editor because he's just like, this is not the editor, the director. I'm, I know you were saying in the editing room, like. I just imagine the other being like, this is, this was the best take. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You don't think he could have, um, you know, maybe done that one more time. You, you don't, you don't think he could have told, uh, Carol Ann to talk like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Like everything about their interactions seemed fake. It felt scripted. Like, it felt like they were, it felt like the Truman Show or something, where it was like everybody was an actor. Mm-hmm. But they were. I know, but they weren't this playing actors. <laughs> um, man. So bad. 
That's just like that's my that's my like two word review. So bad. (laughs) It's not good. But like I said, the all the mirror stuff was cool in concept. Mm. The effects were cool and well done. Yeah, apparently this is all unlike the previous films. Nearly all the special effects were done live and were performed on stage. The only visual effect added in post-production was the lightning flashing over the John Hancock Center. Well, that was clear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Sherman himself designed the special visual effects. Uh, da, 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 da. Apparently, yeah. Craig T. Nelson was asked to be in it and said no. Yeah. <laughs> Saying two was enough. Uh, yeah. I think it's funny, like, you know, reading this Wikipedia article, talk about, you know, how Heather O'Rourke died shortly after it was finished and, and you know, um, before the movie actually came out. But, like, they don't even mention Julian Beck, <laughs> who actually, he may have died before even the second movie came out, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But Kane does have the same voice. A different actor played does the voice in both movies. Corey Burton. Although it says he was uncredited in this. Wait. Somebody did... Corey Burton returned to provide the voice work for Kane, although he was uncredited. He, like... He did the voice for Kane in, in two? It, well, it says returned, so I assume so. That's, huh. Yeah. Hold your guys to the other side. Reverend Henry Kane. Uncredited. He's uncredited in both. I'll be damned. Yeah. It's funny. He does a lot of, um, like, cartoon voices. Hmm. Well, anyway. Anyway, uh, Guys 3 is free on Tubi if you want (laughs) to... Oh, it's also on Prime. It also it is also on Prime, and uh, I think uh, Pluto TV and several other places. So that's how you know it's good is when multiple outlets are willing to just give it away to make sure so many people see it because they want to get eyeballs on it because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not because no one will pay for it. Well, it's just definitely it's like you know when when streaming services buy movies or the rights to movies, they buy them as, as a package. And that's probably just like one that was just like thrown in there to round things out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just take all three poltergeists. It's fine. Um, I'm going to give it a three. Giving it credit for the effects and the, the concept. There was, it, it could have been better because I think the mirror concept was cool, just not executed well. Really the biggest problem with this movie is the acting. Yes. Uh, I'm. I was going to do two. It's so bad. <laughs> All right. Not like I'm. Like not only the acting, but the story. The whole story was stupid. Yeah. Like I said, the the concept of like the mirror world was cool, but they didn't really do anything with it. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing worthwhile anyway. Right. <clears throat> All right. 
Well, that's going to do it, guys. That's it. That's your, your high-rise horror. Yep. Okay. Well, um, we're going to be back here in a couple weeks, and we're going to be doing this all again, guys. What are we going to watch, Taylor? Uh, we're going to be watching Scream 6, as well as Organ Trail. It's probably like uh, internal organs. Like like a penis. <laughs> or that, that's organ, an external yeah. organ. <laughs> yes, organ, not Oregon. And Oregon. No, it, is, it is not based on the zombie video game that was a parody of Oregon Trail. <laughs> not even familiar with that. Cool. Excited, guys. Yeah. yeah. I know we're a little behind the behind the, um, the curve. curve on Scream 6, but, you know... It's on Paramount. It is Plus what now. it is, so I have to pay for it. Yeah, we're not going back to the theater for a while. Fuck, fuck that! <laughs> I'm so tired of going to the theater. I mean, at first it was kind of nice, you know, just to get out of the house. You know, since COVID, haven't gone to the theater much, so it's like, yeah, it's nice to go to the theater. But fucking three times in two months—that's too many. And doing it for the show just feels like a task, as opposed to like a nice night out. Yeah, yeah, and it's like if. More most of the movies that we've gone to see, it's just like if you and I were going, that'd be one thing. But it's right. like my wife doesn't want to go. To yeah, those. same. And, it's like, and even if we, even if she like, did, it's also like, it does give me a good excuse to go see those movies when I wouldn't like normally. If if I didn't have a reason to go see those movies other than I, I wanted to, she'd be like, I don't want to see that, and I'd be like, Oh, okay, well I'll just wait then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's only been like. I think aside from the movies I've seen for the show, I've only seen maybe, I don't know, five movies since COVID in theater. Like ones that I wanted to see. I don't also, remember the last movie I went to that wasn't for the show. Um, I mean, Terrifier, I saw it for the show, but also I wanted to see it. Uh, I would have seen it either way. Fuck. You know, I don't remember either. The the only movie I can just... The last movie I... Oh, you know what? Doctor Strange. That was probably the last one. Mm. Um, before that, I was going to say Shazam, which was years ago. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Anyway, that's why we're watching Scream 6 now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking sick of the theater. Yeah. Also, I just don't want to pay for... The, like, I'm not into, into the Scream series... You know, I'll I'll watch it, mm-hmm. but like if I don't have to pay to see it in the theater, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So look out for that episode, guys. Uh, two weeks from today. Uh, until then, where, where can people find us, Taylor? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Don't forget to go vote for the final fear. Also, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Google, I guess. Well, we're not on YouTube. I guess YouTube's doing podcasts now, but only if you put out a video, which is not a podcast. I don't know. Spotify, we're, we're there. Um, leave us a rating and a review. Give us five heart stars, rainbows, clovers, and blue moons. Put something in the text box. I don't know why, but these uh, all these apps and stuff, they add a little more weight to the reviews that have ratings or other way around. doesn't matter what you say. You can just tell us, uh, you know, your favorite kind of cookie. doesn't matter. Um, tell us what floor you live on. Because it's high rise. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's it's irrelevant to the episode. I live on the first floor. Hey, me too.
Hey. Uh, yeah, and then you can follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Our TikTok we haven't really updated in a while, so um, I don't. I don't get TikTok. I, I'm over, I got over TikTok real quick. Yeah. Uh, we're also on Spoutable. All of those places as Grave Plot Podcast, or we're on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot, and uh, Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. If you want to join, uh, become become a grave digger. Yeah, do that. Bring money. <laughs> All right, guys. So until next time, where we'll be on the same bat bat time bat same bat channel. That's terrible. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, no, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we'll see you next time, guys. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. A beast.